everybody. Welcome back. It is Monday, September 4th, 2023, and you are listening to episode 170 of the Can I Say Something podcast. Your host and a recluse with a juicy caboose, Damien. Joining me today is... Derek. And... Deej. And... Andy. On today's show, after a brief hiatus, we are back to discuss all the delayed and winter projects, get into a little bit of what we've been watching, and then crowning a champion of the 2023 summer movie wager right sure into the okay. show at can I say something gmail.com bicycle on twitter subscribe to pocket cast google podcast and spotify rate and review it on apple podcast tell a friend film member or stranger what's up everybody how are we doing 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 well good man how are you Pretty i'm good fucking tired <laughs> yeah you you just got <laughs> back from a uh, a cruise right I, yeah, I I, uh, I got back from a cruise uh, where I uh, it was very fun, but uh, incredibly yeah. exhausting. And I bought the drink package, so uh, I'm oh, going to what, die. What is that? Now. Is I, that I just unlimited like drinks? What is that? It is it is unlimited drink. Well, technically, technically Ooh. they do stop you when you get to 15 drinks in a day. Um, <laughs> All right. Which only I thought this was America. Three, that, three that's that's only so nights. you don't die. Yeah. They don't yeah, want to deal with that. Cares about that. They, they have ways of taking care of that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> well, the implication, you know, the implication is. Because oh, that's true. Sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so was it a theme cruise or just a regular like old people on a boat cruise? Was it a thing where you got it, dropped off? It was. Uh, it was just a regular. People on a boat cruise, not old people. Uh, there, I mean, there was a couple, but uh, yeah. it was mostly young people. Gotcha. Uh, it's just, you know, it was just, you know, because I'm out of here in Southern California, left out of Long Beach, yeah. hit a couple spots in Mexico, and, you know, you do, and the, there's unlimited food as much as you want, and yeah. you can do things. I, I got my first ever pedicure, so I feel all oh. fancy and whatnot. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Mitt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't do the petty, just the okay. man. Was, was, was that your first cruise? Uh, no, I've been on I've been on a, a few of them before, so yeah, uh, yeah. I'm an old I'm an old seasoned pro. At You're this salt, point, you know. You're a salt exactly. Animal? Salty dog. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we, we too we too went on a cruise this summer. It was uh, not not it was our first, um, but we did not opt for the drink package. Uh, we were traveling with a six year old, so 15 drinks yeah. a day was out of the question. <laughs> I think they can yeah. put away some. Can she help you with that? <laughs> uh, you know, maybe so. <laughs> Next time. Yes, exactly. Um, did you, Derek, did you leave? Like, uh, I felt like there was a hurricane in the middle of all that. It happened. It hit like literally like the week before. Like oh, uh, I was okay. like it was coming and like it hit Southern California. And like, you know, I was here when it ha- when it hit. It was yeah. also like I, Florida people need to shut the fuck up about hurricanes. That was nothing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got real disasters in California. Could have been uh, something. That, yeah. Uh, it wasn't. It, it did not do anything to anyone. It was just, oh, some <laughs> drops of rain. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, um, it hit right before I was supposed to go. I was kind of like watching it, like, oh, is this going to make things interesting? Is the boat going to sink when I'm on it? But yeah. narrowly avoided. All right, very cool. Anybody else got any cruise-like stories? Dion, you been? <laughs> you went, I think you went somewhere right for like a week and a half. Uh, I 
went to Maine, and then I, I, I mean Myrtle Beach earlier, Myrtle South Beach, Carolina, yeah. but yeah. yeah, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, yeah. all right, cool. Yeah, that was fun. I can't even remember it. It sucks. <laughs> you know, uh, like you work all this time, and then you, yeah. you take a vacation, and it's fucking over before you know it, and you don't have any yeah. memories of it. Oh, oh my gosh, well, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, but next yeah. year, you know, okay. I'll get to do it again for a week and, you know, live the dream and then uh, forget about it promptly. Did you, did you probably put, forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> did you put pictures on that site? I'm not on anymore. The, the uh, Facebook? No, I, no. I, I, I too oh, am not on that site, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> Can confirm his wife did, though. There's some up there. Oh, oh. did she? Okay, yeah. yeah. So. I got it as my phone background, though, so I can like always look at it and be like, oh. I was there at one point. <laughs> <laughs> Sometime uh, in recent past, I yeah. had a good time. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> there was a there was a, a silver lining to yes this constant telescape. Yeah, that's good to know. Huh. <laughs> all right, so let's get into like all the delayed stuff because I'm kind of pissed. I don't know if you guys are pissed <laughs> about all the delays. Well, I mean, let me be clear. It's, it's they're delayed because the the um, film companies the uh, we call them the the AMTPT all those studios mm. are greedy fucks. Sag after. Yes. No, no, no. The AMTP, AMPTP, is that what it's called? The, the yes. uh, movie theater. American, or, yeah. Yeah, something like that. American something production thing. Producers Anyways. Guild. No, the SAG. The, the SAG, are the act, the SAG uh, are, is actors. That's the Screen Actors Guild. And then the WGA is the Writers Guild. They are striking. And so the studios are using that. I don't, did they ever explicitly say? Yeah, it's, the, it's the Producers Guild is the one that's, you know, the AMTP. P-P-P-P. Oh, oh, okay. So, yeah. did they, uh, the studios, come out and, and explicitly say that because of the strike that they're delaying these movies? I'm not sure if I saw anything to that effect. I mean, I don't know if it was. Well, I, I that's why. I don't know if that's. Yeah. If they like, stated you that. Know, there was a, there was like a spokesman that came out and said, "Yeah, we're delaying Dune because of this," but like that's yeah. that's the reason, you know. Yes, and so. The reason they're doing this is because the reason they're delaying is because they're like, well, we need the actors to promote things. And one of the big, obvious, um, you know, things that they, they're not going to do, the actors are not going to do, and the writers are not going to do, and the directors are not going to do. Um, well, I don't know if the directors wouldn't do it, right? Because they're not, directors get all yeah, the Yeah, the directors are, they're not striking. They, they do not stand in solidarity with yeah, the Yeah, which two. sucks. Which sucks. Yeah. Um, but so, anyways, there are a lot of, a lot of big releases that were supposed to come out this, this fall are not going to be, um, released. Um, some of the big ones, obviously, is Dune 2 that was delayed until next year. Um, just going through the list here. Um, anyone, any big ones stand out to y'all? Dune 2 is obviously the big one, right? We're all looking forward to yeah. that one. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're also stretching them out too, just so that they can, um, What's it called? Uh, uh, you know, have some content because they're like, oh, once we hit a certain Stagger. point and we're not making any movies anymore, we're going to yeah. need to release something. So they're kind of like delaying things so they can actually be like, oh, once, you know, 2024 hits and we haven't made him shot a movie in a year, uh, we'll have yeah. something to put out at least. <laughs> the word yeah. you look for is stagger. Stagger, yeah, something like that, yeah. Well, that was the problem. I think that was part of the problem we saw this year. If like a lot of movies came out back to back to back to back, and I think a lot of them maybe suffered a little bit from oversaturation, right? Yeah, I think yeah, so. That's, that's possible. Yeah, um, I'm just uh, um, delaying here because I pulled up the wrong article. <laughs> the article's from 2022, and I was wondering, or the end of 20, end of last year. So I was like, why is this not showing delete stuff? Just give me a second here, let me see if I can find. The actual article because I thought I copied it down. Um, let me see. You'll edit this part out. 
Uh, for sure, for sure. Um, <laughs> Jamie least... does it end things out. He'll be taking a dump and leave it in. <laughs> <laughs> they had a part. They, they had an episode recently of um, Blank Check where they were discussing it, and they were like, "Wow, is that a, is that like a meta thing? Is that like a uh, creative decision made by the producer?" And he's, then they come on Twitter. He's like, "No, nah, I, f- I fucked up. <laughs> I forgot to leave. Uh. Him. I left in the um, the big poop thing." But anyways, let me. Uh. Uh, let me see. Any any big ones, uh, Dion or, or Andy, stand out to you? Like, damn it. 65. Really... Which one? 65. It's got my boy Adam Driver that, in it. Or is that, that already came out? out. That, 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 that came, came out fuck. like a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> like six months ago, but yeah. It's already on Netflix. <laughs> okay, well, I'm looking at this list of like, movies that are delayed to 2023 I, I and it already came out. Like, what's going on? Because I just said. What I are we put even the, talking about here? I just yeah. said I put the wrong article in there. Yeah. <laughs> no, I did my own research, and that you did, also did your too. own research. Yes, yeah, I guess I should be looking for like movies delayed to twenty twenty four. Yeah, well, maybe um, delayed movies. Like Deadpool three. I'm Deadpool bummed about 3, that. Three. That well, I mean that that's also one of those where it was even it was delayed, and then they were shooting it without the writers. So then it's like, well, I'd rather have you know Ryan Reynolds be able to uh, do improv while filming that. So I'd rather that be made under not a strike. You know what I mean? So he can actually say the lines on set that they're usually they have in the movie. You know what I mean? Oh, all right. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. True. Either do it. Uh, what I'm trying to say is do it right or don't do it at all. Yeah. 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 I, I guarantee you they'll reference it though. What do you think? Deadpool? I mean, cause they're always breaking Absolutely. that you know, fourth wall. So they're going to reference it. It's going to be funny. Yes, exactly. Uh, man, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me see. Screen Rant's got one here. Sorry about this. Uh, let's see. Um, poor Things was delayed, I said. Um, oh, it already was delayed from September to December. That was one I was looking forward to. Um, Deadpool 3 is delayed. A live-action Lilo and Stitch <laughs> was delayed. A lot of Warner Brothers. Yeah, a lot of Warner Brothers were delayed. Uh, Aquaman was delayed, unfortunately. That was a... When I was, I had my ticket ready for, not really. <laughs> uh, the, the Zendaya-led sports romance movie Challengers was pushed from September to, to April <laughs> of next year. Um, like I said, uh, Deadpool 3. I thought there was, wasn't there, Derek, wasn't there like a bunch of them that were scrapped and pushed to next year? Like, Yeah, I think that there's a ton. I didn't really, because I haven't had internet in the past yeah. week, so yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I missed the exact uh, list. Yeah, let me I'm see. looking got... at this list of something right here, and I'm, it, it's as pretty much no one cares about this movie. Production <laughs> of Unstoppable, starring Jennifer Lopez, has also been stopped. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No mercy in this. Yeah, no. Um, okay, so yeah, a lot. Of the Warner Brothers slate is like Godzilla X Kong. That's a new, um, Damn, you know, Godzilla so movie from the from that series that Dan watched. You watched for that one, right? All of those. What's that? Godzilla, Godzilla and Kong? Godzilla X yeah. Kong. Yeah, Godzilla vs. Kong. You really like those movies, so that's probably those one. Those bangers, dude. Yeah, They, they were. They absolutely were. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't know. Um, Ghostbusters Afterlife sequel, I think, was postponed, pushed to next year. Didn't I didn't know. Oh, we were all looking forward to that. I, know. <laughs> I thought the last the one was pretty decent. Um, forgot what it was called. But anyways, so I th- sorry about that. I thought I... F- Got the right article, but apparently did not. Looked everything up. Uh, so let's move on. Uh, Rep. William Friedkin, one of the, one of the biggest uh, directors out there, I would say. You know, we were, we were talking about like 
the directors that are on like Mount Rushmore of the 20th century. And they're obviously, you got Spielberg and then you got um, Scorsese. Those are the two big show ins. Then I think you mentioned like Ridley Scott would be on there, maybe Brian De Palma. I think if you look at like his back catalog, Freakin's catalog, I think that's, you can make the case if he's like a, a six or a seven on that list, right? Yeah, he's definitely one of those guys that came out of that new Hollywood in the 70s that uh, kind of, um, you know, changed movies forever. Yeah, yeah obviously did The Exorcist. I got to see Sorcerer. That's one of the big ones. Yeah. People have been talking about on Letterboxd and Twitter about going back to his back catalog and checking out checking out all that stuff. Um, did a really interesting movie that I, keep, I always hear about because, like, one of the first movies that um, Michael Shan was in called Bog, which was a movie he directed. Oh, yeah. Based on the um, Trishy Let's Play, um, really got to check that. Out. I think he did a few things in the 2010s, um, 2000 to 2010s that I really need to uh, catch up on. So yeah, Rip yeah. Him. And then first, yeah. French, French Connection. We got to French Connection. He yeah, of course. The French Connection. Of one course, of the yeah. Greatest films ever made. <laughs> it kind of is. To, according to, according to a lot of you know those those yeah. lists in the top hundred, uh, yeah, Biden's all that. What are you gonna say, Dion? What? Interrupt. I'm reading something right now. Go ahead. The boys, you know, uh, season four, apparently yes. it wrapped. Yes. And uh, But post-production can even grind to a halt yeah. because yeah. of the strike. That's yeah. bullshit. Well, yeah. Um, I don't... I mean, yes, we're going to pay them, but it's still some bullshit. Yeah, I'm not sure why that... Um, well, I mean, I know why they're pushing it just so that they can promote it. But, um, yeah, something's in post-production because they're not the the... Graphic designers and um, CGI artists are—they don't have a, a union, so I'm not sure why that would be affected by that. I didn't know. Hmm. Yeah, Derek, did you know they were um, scrapping like post-production stuff? Post-production. Um, uh, I hadn't heard of that, but I mean, like Dune is pretty much done. Dune two, I yeah. think, is pretty much done. So yeah. that you know would fall into that same category. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. So, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, I was looking forward to that. I have that on a list here of all the stuff I was looking forward to. Um, the biggest, biggest, biggest anticipated stuff this year. I believe I saw Poor Things is still going to come out this year. Um, Priscilla is still coming out. Killers of the Flower Moon still is coming out. Um, but, yeah, that's interesting. I didn't I didn't hear about that. I, I, just, I actually just put that on the list. I added it to the list at the last minute. So that sucks. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, going back to... Um, freaking it is uh yeah a lot of his movies I'm, I'm looking at his filmography right now and to live and die in la is one i've heard is really great blue chips i've never seen um killer joe i think i still need to see um the keen mutiny is apparently his last movie first movie in, in 12 years so definitely want to check that out when it does does come, yeah. come out um I, Bill, i've Bill heard Simmons. good things about his remake of 12 angry men as well i just want to say um, did he, oh, oh, that was a television thing. Okay. I didn't see that down here. T- TV movie. Yep. Yeah. I remember watching that as a kid. I'd be like, oh, wow. It's interesting. Um, what was I going to say? The, then one of the last ones he did that I haven't seen that Bill Simmons did on the rewatchables fairly recently was cruising from 1980 mm. where uh, Al Pacino plays, a uh, uh, undercover cop play, playing a homosexual, which is interesting. <laughs> a lot of that stuff back in the day, very, very thinly veiled, uh, yeah. uh, homosexual overtures of like, I was just talking about, um, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, which has a lot of gay stuff in it. Like, I think the, the director was gay. Oh yeah. I think the main character was gay and they had like these, <laughs> I think the, the coach that was bullying the main character, they, they, they kill him by, he's in like a, um, 
he's in a shower and they're just like whipping him over and over again like a cat of nine tails and Freddy's just whipping him. It's mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? <laughs> Watching that as a kid, I yeah. like, I know there's something weird going on there, but I can't quite put my finger <laughs> on it. <laughs> Billy, I'm going to get naked and take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, that was doing other, other things than taking a shower, but yeah. Um, Yes, very, very cool. Um, yeah, I got to check out a lot of his stuff. He's one of those big directors that I'm like, oh, you've seen like half of his filmography. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Mark Margolis, this is, uh, you know, stuff from a while ago because we haven't uh, potted in a while. But Mark Margolis was, um, I forget his character in Breaking Bad, but he was in the scene where Gus Fring, <laughs> yeah, he blows him up. Um, it's very cool. So, yeah, rip, rip to him as well. Yeah, he did yes. so much. Like, he obviously yeah. had an expanded role on better call Saul but he yeah. had like uh, you know flashbacks but he managed to do such little acting with just his like eyes and his like just that intense stare that he had just being you know playing a character that was paralyzed in a wheelchair and just yeah. you know hitting a bell like incredible yes yeah very very <clears throat> cool so yeah um so let's get to some stuff we've been watching um i've been talking for a while <laughs> so why don't we start out <laughs> with why don't we start out with uh in the roulette here andy I haven't oh. had him in a while. Andrew, wake up. Word? Hey, Word. what's going on? Uh, How you doing? It's pretty, <laughs> pretty good. Um, did you watch the entire third season of Ted Lasso? I did, as a matter of fact. Yes. What did you and think? In fact, I watched a recap prior to uh, <laughs> to sitting down this evening. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I loved it. Uh, it's the perfect feel-good series just of all time. No, you know, perfect ending, tied up all the loose ends. Everybody was happy. No, no bullshit drama. That's going to make you question whether everybody really lived happily ever after. Everybody lives happily ever after. Yep. Loved it. I think I lost you. I hear you. Damien's lost. Uh, yeah, sorry, I muted muted there myself, so I took a took a swig. Um, the, did it have a uh, complete story? You felt like it was it it had a complete story arc for for the most most of the people. You didn't feel like come away from here like, well, what happened with the other person? What happened with this relationship? What happened with this thing? It, it pretty <clears> much uh, put a put a bow on all of those people's stories. Yeah, I really feel like it did. Um, I know there was some concern uh, expressed on y'all's part. How they were still introducing more um, problems and, you know, uh, relationships to explore and things as the series was trying to wrap up. But I felt like they did a really good job, you know, putting a bow on everything. Mine came from the fact that uh, most of those episodes were short up until like the last four, which were going, Mm -hmm. which were ranging up to like an hour or more. So once I realized they were doing that, it's like, all right, well, if they... That's exactly, like yeah. four extra episodes. So yeah, exactly, yeah. They, they went from doing episodes. like forty-five minute episodes to hour and ten, hour and twenty-minute episodes yeah. for the last several. Not yeah, to mention we, they kind of shorten things up too. Like it's like, all right, we got we, we we'll put we'll put Ted and uh, um, Nate in the room, and they'll hash it out in five minutes, and then everything's kind of buddy. But it it felt a little rushed. But like, yeah. I agree. You know, yeah. they they had a lot of stuff they had to tie up. So, yep, very cool. Uh, um, I agree. Yes, <laughs> the uh, you watched a show on Netflix called Beef, which I also watched uh, fairly recently, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, 
I oh god, I watched it a few months ago. Oh, yeah, it was out in the spring, but it was out a while ago. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, plays Danny. Amy yeah, Ali Wong as Amy. Um, yeah, did just I was talking to Derek about this, but it was just a. Uh, it's one of those shows where you're like, they're kind of all pieces of shit and I kind of don't care if <laughs> they all fucking die because they're all kind of garbage people. But then it's sort of like, eh, yeah, if, if I have to root for somebody, it's going to be Stephen Yuen and not um, Ellie Wong or Amy and not, uh, Wong. not Amy and uh, Jordan, her boss, Jordan, who's just like one of these like wealth management people. Like she's an art dealer, but also art dealers are just basically covers fronts for money laundering nowadays. It's just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you give me, yeah, you give yeah. me $10 million for this vase and the vase is actually whatever, you know, <laughs> it's such bullshit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I definitely was cheering for Steve, for, uh, for Danny throughout the thing. Did you feel like the ending was like, all right, this is kind of contrived. This is kind of like, yeah, they should. They probably would have died, but not really because they weren't that far from civilization. What did you make of that? The last episode. Um. Yeah, I guess I don't know. I I I enjoyed it. I tried. That was not a to leading read. way to ask it, Damien. <laughs> it sure was. Yes, yeah. it was. No, I tried. I don't read <laughs> more into something than the information they gave. Like you gotta, as far as we know, these they were in the what was essentially a desert. You know yeah. they. Had a, he had a, what did he have, a broken ankle or something? Yeah. And, sh- you know, they were debilitated. They were not going to be able to find civilization on their own yeah. individually. Um, so, yeah, without, you know, given the information that they provided <laughs> with us. Yeah. I uh, I thought it was I thought it was a good ending. Um, yeah. it definitely Thank you. Thank you. Didn't, uh, <laughs> perfect ending. <clears throat> yeah. It's not how I thought the series was going to go. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, yeah. I couldn't. Until really those last that last half an episode, I couldn't see yeah. how they were going to bring those two people together in any meaningful way. But yeah, uh, yeah, they pulled it off. I thought that was it was a masterful ending. I thought yeah, yes, no, I agree. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. And, the, and it, I appreciate how over the top some parts of the uh, the scenes were. You know, the shootout near the end there was just. Yep. <laughs> absurd so many so many of the scenes where they're clashing together or just these people have you know these people have problems <laughs> oh yeah big, big time problems yeah uh you and dion have both watched sweet tooth did you watch the entire thing uh i honestly don't remember if i have finished okay. <laughs> i think i finished it because we haven't watched it yeah i think i finished it ah, um, okay i yeah. have never watched sweet tooth have you not? are you confusing it with twisted metal so you, because I've watched that. Is it that's the name of the show? The Sweet Tooth. Nope. No, no, no. Twisted Metal has a character named Sweet Tooth. Oh, yeah. Okay, so yeah, huh? Andy, Andy wrote down Sweet Tooth, and Deanne wrote down Twisted Metal. Okay, so you both watched Twisted Metal, <laughs> the show Twisted Metal, right? I have not watched Twisted Metal. No, I've watched Sweet Tooth, and I've watched Twisted Metal. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck is Sweet Tooth? <laughs> and so I have watched Sweet Tooth and show, Twisted Metal, and there's it's a, a character on Twisted Metal named Sweet Tooth. Two separate right. things. <laughs> so, so, Dia, so, Andy, did you watch Twisted Metal? I did not watch Twisted What is happening so, now? So what is, I'm asking because he wrote down Sweet, Sweet Tooth is on his – what he's been watching. So yeah. what, what's, Sweet, what the tooth, fuck is, Sweet Tooth is yeah. a show on Netflix following a uh, pandemic of sorts uh-huh. where instead of everybody getting sick and dying, the new offspring are like halflings. They, they're all like half human, half animal. 
and uh, half of the society remaining that is not uh, halflings think they are to blame for the pandemic and they're all being hunted. Nice. It's sort of a, it's kind of a cheesy family friendly kind of show. It's obviously pretty unique. Yep. Um, and it's, you know, it's kind of corny, but it's fine. <laughs> it's just like, it's just easy, easy TV watching in the evenings, you know, yes. you know, we, we just get home, you know, put the kid to bed and find something that we can veg out to for the rest of the evening. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, so Dan, you watched Twisted Metal. <laughs> the I show. watched Twisted Metal. Uh, wait, wait, he didn't watch Peacock? Sweet Tooth? <laughs> <laughs> I've watched Sweet Tooth in Twisted Metal. Yeah, this is on uh, Peacock, right? Or Paramount Plus? It's on Peacock, yeah. Peacock. Peacock. Gotcha. What did you think of this? That's fun, dude. Uh, Anthony Mackie. He's a... Uh, He's, I I didn't I didn't know if he was cut out for that role, but it, <laughs> he's killing it so far. I haven't finished it yet, but uh, even like Will Arnett, like uh, as Sweet Tooth, like Sweet Tooth, the character is like this menacing motherfucker, and to hear Will Arnett's voice coming out of him making all these quips, it's just it feels ridiculous. And I don't know if you know him, but Samoa Joe, the wrestler, yeah. So this is it's it's weird thing. Samoa Joe is the actor. But it's Will Arnett doing the voice. Samoa Joe obviously can't act, I assume, but he's just basically there for the body. And you put a mask over his face, and you got Will Arnett's voice coming out of it. I thought that was interesting, but it's it's the Darth Vader, you know, David Prowse doing the physical, and then you know James Earl Jones doing the voice work kind of deal. Right, and I bet Samoa Joe would be happy to hear you make that comparison. <laughs> <laughs> But it's really funny. Uh, You know, the dialogue in it's just ridiculous. Sweet Tooth refers to uh, his mother's vagina as a uh, whisker biscuit. So, all right. It's just, that's just, uh, just crazy stuff. Because of the yeast. You're saying because of the yeast infection? No. Well, I don't know. I I guess it's as good as mine. I didn't know that was going to go ahead. So I immediately said no. But yeah, yeah, you you guessed it's as good as mine. But it's cool. It's it's, it's like this Mad Max meets. um, yeah, I don't know racing, I suppose, but there's a lot of ra- uh, cars in Mad Max, anyways. Yep. But yeah, they gotta like instead of like everybody out to to just kill each other because that's what Twisted Metal, the video game, was based off of. Everybody yep. was competing for uh, one wish that would get granted by Eclipso or whatever. Um, yeah. Instead, Lame. they had to come up with a, a like, all right, so Anthony Mac- Mackie's character, John Doe, has to bring supplies back and forth. He's basically a runner. And like he's got to go to Chicago, but in order to get to Chicago, he has to go through Vegas, and Vegas is Sweet Tooth's land. So then, obviously, he's got to go deal with him first, and or or try to avoid him. But it doesn't always work out like that. It's just fun little shenanigans. If you like the game, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there, I, I, there's like a mixed party too, because they're like some people are like, oh, it's it's way too uh, comical. It's, it's not serious enough to be twisted metal. But I I I, dig- uh, 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 I digress. The first um, Twisted Metal, actually, was a lot more comical than the later installments. So the only one that ever really got serious was Twisted Metal Black. Yeah. And and that was like, it's like a cult favorite, but it's not like when you look back on it as a fan, like a lot of people say that would be their favorite, but the majority still go with the other three as their favorites. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm impressed. Just- I like it. It's fun. Yeah. Just just given the premise of what Twisted Metal is, it'd be 
kind of it would be silly in and of itself to try to make anything too serious out of it yeah yeah I'm, I'm, i guess maybe not serious but i think like they wanted more dark they wanted more uh um well actually just dark because the violence is there like there's blood everywhere they're shooting through windshields and blood splattering on the window on the other side one he just like well uh agent stone he's he's an outlaw right so he, he gets this guy and they're dry uh, two people are driving it's it's brother and sister and uh he's trying to make the world cleanse the world basically so once he gets them captured he's like here you have a choice to make like uh we can we can brand you and you can go off on your own, but the deal is one of you have to kill yourselves. And he takes a gun <laughs> and he, you know, throws it on the ground. And he's like, "Make your choice," and otherwise we, we kill both of you. And then, the, and the, like, just you know, boom! Like one of them decides to just sh- blow their brains out, and it's like they don't shy from it at all. So the violence is there. Yeah, gotcha. All right, cool. Um, I guess watched, they're just looking for the yeah. darkness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you watched uh, Sex in the City? Did you do this? Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> Listen, okay. <laughs> what is this? Come on. So, uh, Are you my okay? wife, Are you a my, my wife, she, huh. um, she liked sex in the city when she was in college uh, and yeah, when she turned it on again, I was uh-huh. like, what, what the hell is this? Like, what, what are you doing to me right now? And she's <laughs> like, we gotta find something to watch because this is what I said. I was like, I can't watch the office rerun and I can't watch friends reruns again. I'm going to jump out a window. So <laughs> she decided instead to do the new season of sex in the city and, uh, and, or and just like that, I think it's called now, right? And just like that, yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, but so I be sitting there in bed playing like Steam Deck, but at the same time, one eye kind of drifting towards the television. <laughs> so I, I got enough of it where you know it's basically just like the old shit. They all actually, most of them come back. One of them, Samantha, she can't come back. Well, she she did come back a little bit, but like her and. Carrie, the uh, the two actresses in real life actually hate each other, mm-hmm. so they had to do like this weird like, oh, I meant to come to your party. They're on the phone and it's like, but I just couldn't make it. And the other one's like, oh, it's okay. This phone call means the world to me. Like, it's funny because deep down they hate each other. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they're just they uh they updated everything. So instead of you get like all those monogamous relationships, uh, all those uh basic you know man woman relationships there had to have been like nine or ten relationships going on and like six of them were you know either lesbian gay non-binary uh things like that like there was like i don't say teenager well man i don't know i I don't actually know the ages of them Uh, obviously they're portraying something younger than that but like there was that whole thing it's just like every kind of sexual yes uh, relationship you could think of that was in this show, and yes. I will say, are you guys gonna watch it? Can I can I spoil you this? Can spoil I, cause it because I, <laughs> I thought this was pretty funny. This was this was cute. At the end, like in the last episode, like you know they go throughout their trials and tribulations and everything, but like all the couples are just having sex, so, and in the it's just this this in the climax they're all climaxing uh, it, was, it was like uh, a neat little but you want to talk about neat little bows that was a neat little bow uh, uh, I see what you did there alright very cool um, and then lastly um, uh, it's always sunny you've been checking out the new season oh yeah I love that season this is a great season it. uh, nice. it's just more of the same antics except they're older uh, yeah. more jaded to the world uh, they all just look like I don't know I don't know they're just having fun all the time it's, it's crazy that after so many seasons they're not burnt out by all this, or they don't all hate each other. I mean, two of them are married. Actually, no. 
the waitress is married to Charlie as well in real life. So like, yes. it's just like, they all love doing what they do. And it's like, they're all friends with, they have a podcast too. It's like, damn, you guys don't get sick of each other, but they, <laughs> they, they keep pumping out good stuff. I don't yeah. know. You guys ever watch Always Sunny? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean like, first... I'm like eight seasons behind, but it's great. Yeah. yeah I've watched show. like the first seven, I want to say sort of like with uh, the Simpsons. It was like, yeah, I watched like the first seven, like tw- two or three times through. Yeah. And it's cool. Cause now they're starting to use like, they're starting to do what all like shows that go on forever start to do, where they start taking the pop culture stuff or, or references of what's going on now, and they they channel it into the show. So it's like that kind of uh, doing that kind of thing gives them longevity. So yeah. feasibly, they could just do this forever until they get tired yeah. of it. You know, like yeah, yeah. shows like South Park, you know that that's that's what they're doing right here. Yeah, very cool. Um, so let's go to Derek. I haven't talked to him yet. Uh, you yeah. watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem. A lot of people are talking about this. A lot of people like it. What do you think? Ah, uh, yeah, this was a great movie. I think probably the best Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie since the original in 1990. This uh, one felt like it had a lot of heart. Um, it's a really great movie about just brothers and family and growing up, uh, and it's honestly really funny. It's really interesting. It's really creative. Um, it does fall into the thing that I hate in superhero movies where there's like a giant sky beam that's going to go off or whatever um, in the end. Although this kind of plays with that in a few ways that are really funny. It sets up some things going forward for a sequel um, with, so without feeling like you're retreading any of the ground in many, many of the other nine Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies and because they keep rebooting it, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with this. You know, obviously directed by uh, Seth Rogen uh, and his uh, writing partner Evan Goldberg, who I'm very big fans of theirs, uh, and a unique, cool animation style. Uh, you know, I'm yeah. glad like we've talked about this with Spider-Verse and a bunch of stuff before that we're getting things that look different. This is that, you know, a computer animated movie, but it, like looks it has like the hash marks and things it looks like very roughly drawn it's interesting um for sure uh, i don't know if it completely worked for me but i do appreciate that they are doing different things and i'm getting to see something visually that i would not have seen before nice very cool uh andy you watch this as well yeah absolutely yeah it was well you know i don't want to spoil the rest of the pod uh-huh. but uh, uh might be in your top five i loved it I, yep. <laughs> it, might, it might be in the top be. five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Very cool. Uh, let's see, Derek. Let's see, keep going with you for a minute. Um, do 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 do. Oh, uh, Gran Turismo. Very interested to hear about this. I read a lot of a lot of uh, mixed things about it. Um, I don't know if you saw that interview. They were talking about this in the filmcast. The interview somebody did with the uh, with the director, and he was like, "Yeah, Gran Turismo. That was cool." And he asked him a couple, couple questions. And then a few minutes into it, he starts asking him about like, you know, District 9. And he was like, uh, the director was like, eh, well, let's just talk about uh, Gran Turismo. And then he gave some short answers to other questions. And then it just like sort of uh, peered out from there. I don't know if you've heard anything about this. I did not. But I mean, that makes sense because yeah. I feel like Neil Blomkamp, he, he's a guy who was kind of predicted to be the next Wonderkind. Yeah. Uh, when he made District 9, he was kind of handpicked by... Um, Peter Jackson to be the, like the next guy and then his career kind of I wouldn't say petered out but there's been like you know people didn't love Elysium people really didn't like Chappie apparently he had some other horror movie too that like no one even like I don't even know 
Um, so, and then he was, he's been attached to a number of big projects that kind of fell through. So I feel like he's, you know, I, like he's someone who loves district nine. He was very proud of that movie, but like at a certain point, he's like, I made that movie in 2009. It's time to move on and to ask me about the movie that we're here to talk about that came on 2023. So mm. I get why he would kind of be like, yeah, okay. Can we talk about <laughs> this though? You know, it's. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you know they're 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 it's like the athlete who did something one like something in two thousand three and is doing something new now and they're just oh but what what about you know when you did this then it's it's I I I understand his reaction to that for sure. Yeah. So what do you think of uh, Gran Turismo? I liked it overall. I thought it was a very you know it's one of two video game quote unquote adaptations that came out this year that aren't actual video game adaptations. They're stories surrounding the video games. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of fun. I like. I tend to really enjoy racing movies. I think it's a uh, format that uh, lends itself very well to just kind of driving, no pun intended, tension. And it's it's you know the, the people go up and down in the standings, and there are all these different races. You know, speed races is one of my favorite movies. Rush is another favorite of mine. This doesn't quite reach those levels. Um, I actually rewatched after watching this Ford v Ferrari because both of them end in uh, Le Mans. Uh, the famous 24-hour uh, race in France, uh, 24 Hours of Le Mans. Uh, and, yeah, it does it has some really great tension, some very, very good performances. Uh, you know, David Harbour is great in it, uh, as is Orlando Bloom. Uh, and the main guy whose name escapes me in the moment, he's a, he's a newcomer. He's, he's very good. Jaiman Hansu, as his father, is very good. Um, you know, it's not a perfect movie, Um but as some other people have pointed out, it's kind of it feels almost metaphorical for the career of uh, of uh, um, Neil Blomkamp, who, as we said, had this big success early on and has kind of been, you know, proclaimed as the next big thing and has been kind of yeah. struggling to keep up with that and to kind of make sure that people respect him. Um, so yeah, I I I enjoyed it for sure. Uh, it's one of those movies I was like. I, pro- I probably will try and rewatch it again at some point if I can. Um, but as far as video game adaptations go, it's one of my it's yeah. one of the best, I think. One of the best, yeah, yeah. Just looking at his like filmography, because it's not like he's made like fifteen things in the past, you know, fourteen years. He doesn't make a movie a year, so he's made one. District Nine was in two thousand nine. Elysium in twenty thirteen, so four years later. Later, Champion twenty fifteen, a movie called Demonic, which I've never even heard of. You, you yeah, of that's the one. Like. like <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen it. I've never even heard of it. Um, no. No one has seen it or heard of it. That's the thing. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. It doesn't. He's just doing a bunch of shorts. Yeah. I remember seeing Edition Nine in two thousand nine. It probably still holds up. I gotta. I, gotta, I wanna rewatch yeah. it just to be like, you know, for the uh, special effects. I remember at that time that was one of the big things people were championing about that movie was like just how good it looked. You know. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, just a, just a kind of a shame, like you said. They were talking about him, and he was supposed to be the new like J.J. Abrams because he was he mm-hmm. was um, sort of coming up around not coming up, but like I think he was doing Star Wars uh, or Star Trek at that time. So having these two guys doing a lot of sci-fi stuff at the same time, I can understand the uh, the um, the comparison point there. So mm-hmm. yeah, unfortunately, yeah, of course for Derek. Yeah. Yes. So with uh, Gran Turismo, did they uh, ham fist? kind of the the whole game to 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 movie uh relationship because it's like you think about it need for speed came out and that was just ridiculous because i mean like you if you have 
a game based on you know a PlayStation game. It's a racing game that has no real story to it. Like if 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 they didn't specify the gaming thing with Gran Turismo, like what's the difference between Need for Speed and Gran Turismo as as a movie? You know what I mean? Is that so, making yeah, sense to you? It, yeah, I, I get you. So I should clarify the the story of the movie. While it is technically like it does say based on the game, it's based on the real life events of a player of the game becoming a real race car driver. So Gran Turismo, the game itself, is import, very important in the movie because the guy who plays Gran Turismo becomes a pro racer Excuse me, because he, has no, he knows these tracks and has played Gran Turismo so much. Um, so it's in the same way that, I don't know if you saw Tetris, but Tetris isn't about, the movie isn't about falling blocks. It's about these the people trying to get the rights to Tetris to sell in America. So it's a story about you know, the game Gran Turismo rather than being an a adapt straight adaptation of it. And I think it does a good job of that. Although what it is ham-fisted in is like, it is very much like product placement for Gran Turismo and Nissan and Sony to the point where it's like, uh, they they ha really have to skirt around a lot of things to, to be like, because I had to look up when this, uh, the which um, Le Mans it, it was, and I think it was 2013. And, like, there's nothing in the movie that would make it seem 2013, and it's, like, the same thing's Fast and the Furious, where those movies are supposed to, like, be prequels, but there's cars that shouldn't exist. And it's the same thing with, like, the game. and They, like, have to put the most recent version of the game in the movie, and even though it's, like, this sh they just not, should not have been around in 2013. But, yeah. Yeah, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I thought the premise yes. was pretty interesting, and I, yeah. it was it was a good way to get like the video game aspect into mm -hmm. a, the movie, because otherwise it's just a movie where cars go fast. Yeah, so that's cool. <laughs> car go fast. Yeah, cool, cool. Uh, let me go through some of my stuff real quick. Um, so I saw this a few a while ago. Um, Dark on Netflix uh, finished up in 2020. Um, it's very interesting because it, it it's about um, different timelines. Obviously, I know I don't know if anybody knows uh, have heard of this or has checked this mm. out at all. No, I I've heard it's really good, and the first two or three seasons, and the last season's really bad. Uh, it only has three seasons. Um, I okay, think then the first two, I guess, and then I yeah. the last one's bad. But I don't know. I haven't uh, seen it. But that's just the the word on the grapevine. <laughs> yeah, um, I liked it a lot. I liked all seasons uh, uh, quite a bit. Um, takes place in 1954, in 87, 2020, and 2053. So they had this like ticking clock that started in 2018 when the show when the show first started of like in 2020 something's gonna happen in <laughs> June of 2020 something's gonna happen and then it's like I, I can imagine like watching this middle of 2020 and be like yeah you got that right buddy sure did <laughs> uh, but it is very very good one of the best shows I've seen this year it's not gonna doesn't qualify for best of 2023 because like I said it started in 2018 ended in 2020 um, it's German so unfortunately uh, I know Andy and Dion don't like reading um at all or reading foreign languages they prefer, prefer um what's it called dubbed things instead of subbed things right uh that's correct. uh yes that is correct no i'm i'm, I'm okay with with subbed things yeah, yeah Dion, you're the or damien Dame, you're the one who doesn't like uh reading that's why you listen to all your audiobooks fucking got me Fucking God. God listen, guys. listen, the reason why I don't, it's not that I don't like wow. reading. It's, I feel like subtitles take it's away from the movie. No, it, it, well, it's fundamental. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But like, you're looking at people's faces, the delivery of the words. You're not looking, when, when the subtitles are there, you're reading the words. Yeah, you are missing something. 
when you see the words because it just draws you to them instead of the mm-hmm. facial reactions of the actor on the screen. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. So dark, great show. I get you. I, I get you. It. Yeah. Thanks, man. Uh, BBC ranked it 58th in the greatest TV series of the 21st century. Um, it's It's got that like... This person goes back in time, then they became this person's father, blah, 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 blah. Um, but it, it, it sort of like they introduce a lot of people. And like you said, it's in German. A lot of people look the same. A lot of people sound the same. Um, but then they they very much get into a groove of like, here's the most important like four or five people um, going forward in, in the second season, especially in the third season. They very much whittle it down to only the most important people in the show that you're paying attention to. And uh, yeah, very good show. Um, I think it's like eight episodes per season and out like not like not full hour, but like 45 minutes, 50 minutes per per episode. But very, very good show. Uh, and then also checked out Reservation Dogs, a little bit of that. Um, I know that the last season's coming out um, this year, so I wanted to catch up with that. Uh, very good show. Highly, highly recommend it. Um, sort of the opposite of Dark. It's not one long, giant story. It's it's very much, you know, episode of the week. Um, very casual, funny stuff. Um, I think it's one of the only um, shows or anything that's been written, directed, and starring um, Native American folks. So it's, that's always good to see. So highly recommend that. Um, and then who here? I think we a lot of us has seen Dungeons Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. Correct. I yes, I I mentioned it um, on the last time we did a top five. Uh, I loved it, and I got to actually uh, rewatch it yeah. on the cruise ship because they do the movies up on the big screen up on the, nice, the pool nice. deck. And I was like, oh shit, D and D, I love this movie. So I watched uh, a good chunk of it uh, just uh, a couple days ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked it a lot. Um, I do think there's this like MCUification of action movie or yeah, action movies and adventure movies and. Any sort of genre thing where it's a lot of this like running, jumping. Um, I think I haven't seen Uncharted, but I can imagine Uncharted is probably um, pulling in a lot of that like quippy stuff that the MCU really um, put forward in their movies. And I feel I, I feel a little bit in this, but I think it works just because the the um, Chris Pine is pretty good at that at delivering those kind of lines. Um, so yeah, very very cool. I think there were some moments where. There's like one long um, shot where the druid is like cha- uh, changing forms constantly and trying to avoid getting caught by guards and stuff like that. And I don't know. Yeah. I was talking. To, I was talking to Dan about this and like with the um, with the bear. They did a whole episode which was quote unquote one shot. And you know my brain is broken, so I look for <laughs> the parts where they probably caught. And if I had to guess with this one in particular, I don't think any of this was real. <laughs> I don't think they shot any of this on a sound stage. Wait a minute. You're, you're saying, wait, you're saying that a woman can't turn into a fly who turns into an owlbear? That wasn't real? <laughs> Erroneous. Erroneous on all counts. Uh, I, Fake news. I don't think they, like like normally, like with, um, what's the movie? Ambulance. They had a couple shots like that with the drone. I think it's meant to evoke this feeling of a drone shot, but... None of the scenery looks real. None of the people in the background look real. So that's my only gripe with it. I just want to say that quickly, just because it was one of those things I noticed is like, oh, it's clearly a one shot. They're they're doing one of those, but it didn't. And that's what grinds my gears. Yes, basically. Yeah. So, but no, overall, really liked it. Uh, What'd you guys think? I don't know who who else here has seen it. Dan, have you seen this? Yeah, I watched it earlier this week. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was going to be better. For some reason, it was pretty hyped up in my mind, and it didn't really live up to the hype. But it was still pretty good. I enjoyed it. 
Do you know, have you seen this? No, I haven't seen it. I was no. looking at watching it, but I ended up yeah. not watching it. Watched uh, Little Mermaid actually instead with the family. Oh shit! What'd you think of that? Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. It's it's a, yeah. it's a very much like a three star whatever movie, you know. Yeah, I mean they still had some of the songs in there that were that are still bangers. Uh, uh, some of the the new one I don't think landed for me, but you know it was cute for what it was. But yeah, yeah. honestly, it was actually I will say, go ahead, Melissa McCarthy go in it. Go off. She uh she was pretty good at that. <laughs> you know that's that was a good role for her. Uh, <laughs> yes, Queen. <laughs> that was a good. I don't know, I she, she was, she was great. I said yeah. on the pod when I talked about it that she's definitely one of the best parts of the movie. She is, was born to play that role. Oh yeah, like she was like got her face in the bubble thing, and it's just like, oh, Ariel's like, oh, I don't need your help, and she's crying, and she's uh. like, all right, fine, and she starts disappearing, and she's like, no wait, <laughs> and she pops back, yes, like even before she finished saying no wait, I don't know, it's just it's it's good to have like. It, I mean, say a comedian, but like they have the, that timing, you know, and it really, I think her strengths were kind of displayed, even though she was playing someone like uh, Ursula. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Because Ursula's not like, she's not supposed to be like funny or anything, or she okay, like, okay. she's just like, you know, like, I want this and I'm going to get this, you know, uh, but, you know, yeah. like with, with Melissa McCarthy doing it, she was just kind of like, she had like this kind of, I'm still going to get it, but, you know, I'm going to be, you know, kind of, yes, you know, like, you know what I'm trying to say, you know, right, like right, the witches yeah. in, uh, uh, um, what's that movie called? Damn it. Damn it. The three sisters. Sisters. Oh, Hocus Pocus. Yeah. That's, you know, that's, yeah. she gave me that vibe. That was cool. A little, Goodness. a little less comical, but you know, still yeah. the same. it was, it was the nice balance. Um, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Very cool. Well, how, how would you rank that? I'm curious how you rank that, um, uh, against like, did you see, uh, Aladdin, the live-action remake of that? Yes. Yeah, well, how, how would you rank it versus that? Uh, and there was another live-action one, like Mulan. I never saw that one, but I saw Aladdin. How would you rate it against, like, Aladdin? Uh, I think I like Aladdin better. Okay, yeah. Seems like yeah. the general consensus is that, yeah. Um, I wouldn't have said I like yeah. it too much better, though, you know? It's, yeah, it's, yeah. Not, it's not a landslide. Yeah, no, I don't think I've so. seen any of these modern Disney live-action remakes. You don't have to. You're fine. <laughs> That's kind of what I figured. Yeah. yeah. If you've seen the original in most of these cases, there's not really a reason to rewatch them, except for, I will say, the ones that David Lowry does. Uh, his Peter Pan movie this year was very good, even though people hated it. And I think it's because it was different. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing I did watch just recently, like, the past 24 hours, was Bo is Afraid. Uh, I believe, <laughs> Andy, you watch this? I did, yeah. Yeah. T- tell me your thoughts. <laughs> um, I think it was interesting. Um, I I don't know. I'm sort of the, a person that goes into these things and I'm like, yeah, I understand it's going to be weird and crazy, but like right. I've seen weird and crazy shit. And for me, it wasn't crazy enough and it didn't go far enough into the weird weirdness um as i feel like the um you know what's his name walking phoenix it's one of these guys in that movie the character is this guy that's just being pushed along this odyssey and usually with stuff like that with like um oh brother where art thou or like we were just i uh, mean derek were talking about big fish recently which is like another odyssey type movie and um i just feel like with this one uh Joaquin Phoenix's character was just 
he didn't have any agency. He didn't know what he, he wasn't really look, looking for a goal in mind to find anything. Yeah. I mean, he's trying to find his family, but like, um, it's like, yeah, it was, I mean, it, like you said, he's being pushed along through his, yeah. through this story. He's not. If it were up to him, he is afraid. He would just cower in his apartment <laughs> until <laughs> until for you know forever. Yeah, it wasn't or, like like. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, I watched the first quarter of that movie and was really into it. I was like, "This is super interesting. I can't yeah. wait to see what's gonna happen." And then it just went off the rails. Like, it. I felt like it didn't make sense. Even yeah. Yeah, it's it's but. um what's his name uh Ariaster's third movie um I re- very much liked his other like Midsommar and Hereditary um but um there's a movie called Tinnitus New York which I pulled up the Wikipedia for it's one of my favorite movies I've ever seen um and I think it's another one of these epic Odyssey movies but it's it's this movie directed by directed and written by Charlie Kaufman you know him from uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind so it's this other this uh, type of person that does a lot of these wild heightened movies with a lot of like what does this mean visuals to it um and so I was very much comparing but I was afraid to this movie and I think Cinedosh New York just has a lot more interesting ideas going on with that, with with like how you make art, how, how art comments on itself, and the, a lot of a lot of that movie is him building this play, building this playhouse, and it's just in this giant warehouse, and it's just every like half an hour, there's gonna there's like a new version of like him making the movie, making the movie, making the movie. It was it was really really. Uh, uh, insanely uh, made in terms of like the narrative feeding in on itself. And I feel like they've tried to do that here and they tried to make like this weird and wacky, like, like I said, odyssey of him going through this like personal struggle. And it's like, I don't know what, what the struggle is. I don't know where it's supposed to end and very much got bogged down with him being in this house with these, with this, uh, you know, husband and wife taking care of him. And it was just like, it wasn't wild enough for me. Didn't, it didn't go far enough in the, in the weird category and just, and also like, what are you trying to say? The, the message of the movie I felt like was very yeah. muddled. Yeah. yeah I agree yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah. So that was that. It was three hours of my life. <laughs> <laughs> yup. Yep. Um, how to with John Wilson? I don't know if anybody here's checked that out. I haven't season. seen the new season yet, but I love the first season. Yeah. So it's I, I need yeah. to watch it. Yeah, I was watching a couple of the first seasons. I was like, I was bouncing around between this and some video essays, but uh, yeah, checked some of those out. Definitely looking forward to see the third season. I watched High Tension for the first time, get into the spooky dooky season. So I decided to start off with some horror. One of the big horror, one of the big, um, what do you call French uh, extreme horror movies from the uh, mid to late 2000s. This is one of the big ones that people always uh, mention when they talk about that genre of movies. Um, it's got a pretty big twist at the end, which I won't, I won't spoil, or spoil about it, but people are not happy. <laughs> I looked at the reviews after watching the movie and people were like this. That's really fucking dumb and doesn't make any sense. So I'll uh, be interested to know if you guys uh, watch that in the future. Let me know what you think of that which twist. Um, and then which one reckon- was that for? Uh, high Tension. Okay. Um, then Derek was recommending me watch things like uh, the, the History of the Sale of Mirrors. Yes. Yeah, I checked out some of it. I'm 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 about halfway through it. Um, so I've watched. I was I was huge into baseball in like the mid to late '90s. So that's where kind of where I left off because I was like, all right, I kind of know. Uh, one of the big reasons I went to this was the stuff I didn't know about the early days, about stuff from like you know '60s, '70s, and '80s. So once I started getting into the '90s, the stuff that I was familiar more familiar with and familiar with those games, especially against the Yankees, I was like, okay, yeah, I kind of know a lot of this stuff. It's um, 
you know, stuff I'm very familiar with. Um, watching the Yankees and the Red Sox battle each other in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely we'll check the rest of that out. Um, I know you talked about this one. And also, um, did you mention the one about the Disney parks, the the Fast Pass? Yes. Thing? Yes. Yeah. That phenomenal. Yeah, I watched that one as well. Very good. I don't know if you guys are aware that there's like this whole genre of YouTube videos called video essays, and they're they're you know super well made. Um, basically, like they they you know they look like an actual movie because they are in, in a lot of ways. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of any of these. Any interest in watching these? Uh, interest, sure. Uh, I have not heard of them though. Yeah, Deanna, have you heard of these? Because I think I think Deanna would be. Uh, Interested in a lot of this stuff because I know you watched um, the Winning Time, right? Yeah, I've watched Winning Time. No, I, yeah. I haven't heard of these. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a, it's sort of up and coming um, genre of storytelling that's on YouTube right now. I know it's, I know that like format of of putting out stuff that you're you know like um, exploring. Uh, dilapidated buildings has been one genre that a lot of people have found success doing on YouTube. Um, that's a sort of a long form storytelling that they've been doing for a while, but this is also another one where people will, will sort of deep dive on one topic, um, but it's actually really well made. They get millions of views. So yeah, so there's something for you guys to check out sometime. Uh, let's see. What have we not talked about? Let me go f- into books because I know we're, uh, a couple of us have can we, gotten... Can we take a quick break yeah. real fast? Yeah, oh, yeah. I was going to mention that. Yeah, because I do have... Uh, bell, uh, bladder is getting bigger. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. Going to be talking about some audio books or audio books from me. Um, and did you listen to the audio books or are you actually book re- you're reading physical? No, no, no. I listen. I'm, I'm listening. I'm driving all day for work. So I've actually made really good time on my audio books these past couple of weeks. Nice. Um, yeah, you, you and I go back and forth a lot of like, here's a list of like 90 things you could read. And I'm just picturing, <laughs> I'm just picturing you going through them like, nope, don't have that. Don't have that. Because you go That's, use Libby, right? You're, you're, I do, yeah. Public, public library. Yep. I've got access to the, the local public library and the, the college, the university library that my wife works for. And oh, I've, there's 1,200 audiobooks available. I should be able to find something good to read without yeah. having to pay. Well, substantial amounts of money should. So. Yeah. Should, should is the prominent word there. Um, but yeah, I just do audio uh, audible. Um, they did a v- interesting thing recently where for for I want to say since they started, it was you pay a token, um, $13 for a token and the token gets you whatever you want. If the book's a thousand pages, it's still $13. If the book's 10 pages, it's still $13. Recently, they've been pricing them like lengthwise so if the book's only 200 pages you just pay five dollars um which is interesting i don't i've listened to a couple of novellas a couple short ones this this couple weeks so i've paid you know less than the price of a token which is nice but so anyways yeah that's what i do audible all the way i've listened to 62 books this year um so i'm i'm, I'm going for 100 uh, i think i hit 95 last year so pretty well on my way there um, but the first book I want to talk about is Foe by Ian Reed. Um, Ian Reed is an author that wrote, um, I'm thinking of ending things, which was the, uh, what the movie was based off of. I think we we're just talking about him. Uh, Kaufman, yeah, uh, not Andy Kaufman, uh, always afraid. 
That boy was afraid. <laughs> director of Synod Charlie Dorsey Kaufman. Work. Charlie Charlie Kaufman. Co- Charlie Kaufman directed. Um, I'm thinking of ending things. So there's another Ian Reed book that was adapted into a pr- pretty good movie. I don't know if you guys saw that. Um, think of anything. I love that movie. Uh, I yeah. I'm I'm a big Charlie Kaufman fan. The only one I haven't seen is ironically uh, in New York. Um, but I I ah. liked. I'm thinking of it. It was on my. It was a rough year, but it was on my top ten of or top five of 2020. Yep. Um, so Foe is going to be made into a movie. Um, it's still on the slate, like you were saying before. Um, let me see. I know Saoirse Ronan and Paul Mescal are starring in it. Just look up who's directing it. Garth Davis, uh, who directed Lion. Um, top of the, he did some Top of the Lake episodes. Um, so that'll Foe is coming out later this year. So I decided to check out the books. I liked Ian Rees' last book. Um, yeah, it was very good. It's, it's one of those... Um, it's actually, I don't want to spoil it, but it was based on a, or it's very, very, very similar to a Black Mirror episode. I believe we all watched. Did we all watch the Black Mirror episode, um, Something of the Sea? Oh, Beyond the Sea? Beyond yes. the Sea, thank you. It's a yeah, very this, good episode. It's a good episode, <clears throat> and uh, this this book and the movie <laughs> might be very, very, very similar. So it's very strange. I was listening to it, and I was like, wait a second, this is that episode that supposedly wasn't based on anything that's very odd but uh yeah very much enjoyed that it was probably one of my favorite uh, ones i've read so far uh, the last six months um and then i've been getting into like i haven't been getting into but i'm reading more of like extreme horror books extreme gore books one inside or one one is called dead inside written by uh charles morris chandler morrison um it is about a uh, necrophiliac um who's a security guard at a uh at a hospital and he meets a cannibal and things go sideways from there <laughs> as much as you can imagine or would want to imagine. Um, some of the most disgusting things I've, I've ever read um, were in that book. Um, but I knew I knew that I knew going into it, it would be like that. So definitely what I was looking for with that. Uh, one of my favorite authors is uh, Tessa Mushkig. Um, I believe she is like a Polish writer um, in a book called Lap. Lapavona, which was about uh, a corrupt medieval fiefdom, deformed 13-year-old Merrick lives with his cruel shepherd father, Jude, and was nursed from birth by the village witch. So it reminded me a lot of uh, The Witch from 2015. Um, enjoyed that very much. And Eileen is also another book that I picked up uh, because I like the author and also it's going to be made into a movie this year. Um Directed by William Oldroyd, starring Thomas McKenzie and Anne Hathaway, and our guy Shea Wiggum from Mission Impossible, <laughs> Dead Reckoning, Part One from this year. So that'll be interesting. Uh, so that's been about what I've been reading. I read, I did go through Frankenstein, which I don't know if anybody knows. Like, if anybody's read that book, um, pretty much every single adaptation of Frankenstein that has been made has been not book accurate in the book in the original mary shelley frankenstein from from 1818 um it was about the the frankenstein was a just regular guy not not regular guy but he was reanimated corpse but he didn't go uh he didn't walk around like a a, a bolt in his neck and a flat top (laughs) he actually was very eloquent in, in the way he spoke so i'm not really sure where any of those adaptions came from it's very strange yeah, so that's that's what I've been reading this week. Uh, Andy, you, you listen to some audiobooks as well, correct? You listen to Lessons in Chemistry, which is a book that's on my – it's always on my, like, 
for you page, but it's also just in general a book that yeah. a lot of people recommend a lot. So what do you think of it? Yeah, same kind of thing. It's it's always showing up in the Libby, like always yeah. available uh, lists. And uh, a, finally, a, a friend of mine recommended it. So I just went ahead with it. But it was really good. Yeah, it's about uh, this woman who grows up. I think she's, uh, you know, she's a chemist in the 50s and 60s. And society ultimately pressures into her, pressures her into becoming something else. Um, and it's about her life as she tries to maintain her identity as a chemist while also hosting a cooking television show in the 60s. Oh, very cool. Nice. Um, let's see what you listen to the Knicks as well. Curious if this is based on or this is what they use to write um, the Nick. Oh, that's a completely different thing. Never mind. <laughs> the okay. Nick and the Knicks. Yeah. Those are two different, two different things. So what do you think of the Knicks? This one was really good too. I, I'm fortunate. Everything I've everything I've listened to lately has been really really good. Um, <clears throat> but this one was a hilarious and deeply touching debut novel about a son, the mother who left him as a child, <laughs> and how his search to uncover the secrets of her life leads him to reclaim his own. Wow. Okay. Great yeah. summary. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> no, legit though. Really good. Um, yeah. uh, this character development was amazing um you know it takes you through this particular guy's uh childhood as well as his modern day life um he's a teacher at a college um yeah and, and it tells you kind of the story about how he uh yeah i guess re rediscovers his own his own path as he uh learns more about his mother who he hasn't seen since he was, I think, 11 years old. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah, it's it's funny. It, it, it's le funny. Legitimately, like, really funny. Like, laugh out loud, funny yeah. while you're listening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this came out in 2016. I was reading the, some of the summary here. Um, and it's like, is this me? Did they write me? Uh, Samuel <laughs> seeks comfort in junk food and acerbic inner monologue and a second lifestyle internet game called Elfscape and generally struggles to find motivation or self-respect. <laughs> me? Literally me. Literally yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> I think that uh, he is probably yeah. describing yeah. a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm suing. Um, I'm suing. Uh, but I mean, there's other characters. That's just the yeah. main character. There's other characters in the story that are just as relatable or yeah. if not to you specifically to someone else, you know, like it was really well done. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. Um, and then also you, you listen to station 11, which if I hadn't seen the show, I'd be like, this is great. Like this is one of the best, you know, books ever yeah. in a long time. Um, and I highly recommend you watching the show. If, since you like the book show is very, very mm -hmm. different than the book, but the book is still very good. Um, what did you think of it? I, again, I loved it. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah. Loved it. Yeah. It's got the, a, got the TV uh, show bookmarked. We'll get to it uh, yeah. in the near future here, but yeah, it's a book that's about the, um, you know, pandemic wipes out 99% of people in the world. And it essentially follows, um, Kristen Kirsten, who is a, uh, she's a star actress with a traveling symphony. So they go around, in the sh I know uh, in the show, I'm not sure if it was in the book as well, but they basically circle around like one of the lakes near Chicago, right? Yep. 
yeah, yeah. so is it, i think it's like michigan yes uh but yes yeah they they start i think in toronto and they start traveling down and they follow the great lakes yeah, yeah. and eventually they have to de uh detour from their yeah. from their prescribed course yeah uh, uh, and things kind of go off the rails from there yeah one of the big like takeaways from that book i i got was you know I, i'm not sure if it's in the book or if it's in the show but they they mentioned like survival is insufficient meaning yeah we can put a roof over our head we can have food on the table but if we don't have art if we don't have people telling stories if we don't have music it's kind of not worth it you know gotta have yeah, more than that was just, definitely yeah that was definitely in the book Okay, good. I don't Very know good. if it was in the show as well, but yeah. The yeah, the show, not to spoil anything, or you know, if anybody's listening, the the book is it has Kirsten uh, meet Jeevan very, very quickly, and they very quickly uh, separate in the book. In the show this this is the part where they really divulge or diverge, um, is Kirsten stays with Jeevan and his brother in their apartment for the majority of the of the um, past time the, the show takes place in or the original events take place in what like 20 i don't know 15 16 but then it goes ahead like 20 years or 30 years whatever yeah. it was um in the show jeevan and kirsten stay in their in jeevan's brother's apartment for a very long time and that's they sort of are getting into like the storytelling part of it and a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. They have a much deeper relationship than they do in the book, which is pretty much non-existent, right? Yeah, no, they don't really have a relationship at all. I think they yeah. they meet briefly near the end. Yeah, uh, but no, Kirsten has in the book she spends she spends the first years of the the what do they call it after the the new world or yeah. something along those lines yep. she spends those first few years with her older brother before he dies and then yep. she just happens to find her way with the orchestra yeah yeah it's very cool uh let's see uh, dion or derek are you guys reading anything listening to any audiobooks uh not not me not i just uh, I was like, what was I reading at work? I was just uh, uh, finished not too long ago, I guess, at work. Um, I would just read on my breaks uh, um, Sydney, Lu- Sydney Lumet's book about f- uh, film. Uh, I don't, honestly, I don't love it as much as I've, a lot of the other books I've read on film over the past year or so. It's kind yeah. of very old man yells like Cloud. A lot of times he's like, here's what's going on wrong with world, the world these days is... Nobody has respect for movies or star. And I'm like saying the same things that everyone's always says, but he's he's saying yeah. this in like the early '90s or something, you know. So it's, it's just like, all right, man. I I, yeah. I have so much respect for him as a filmmaker. Uh, sorry, not Sid Lumet. Uh, David Mamet's book. Uh, Lumet's book is great. Um, David Mamet's book is kind of just it's very cranky, man. You know, but whatever. Yeah, he's always come across as that. I heard I've heard him in a few inter- different interviews, um, especially the one he did with Mark Marin. Was just mm-hmm. like yeah, very 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 crotchety. Um, yeah. Him and Ben Kingsley are two guys that I've really stand out as being like just very 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 uptighty. I guess is the way mm-hmm. you would put that. Yeah. Uh, Andy, you put in uh, Sleeping Giants into the reading section. You you finished? Yeah, I, I didn't include month. it at first because yeah. I uh, hadn't hadn't finished it when I was putting these things in, but I, I got through it this week. Um, again, another really good story. The narration was excellent. It. This whole story is told through 
uh, interviews and <laughs> experiment logs, recordings of experiment logs, um, as these this team of researchers are digging up gigantic parts of robots and trying to figure out exactly what their purpose is and how to use it. Um, sort of in the vein of something along the lines of, of uh, I think it was Arrival, the alien movie, mm-hmm. where they're trying to decipher language. Yep. Um, yeah. So it, for I would say for fans of Arrival. Mm. Um, but yeah, really, really well told, engaging story. And uh, yep. yep, would recommend. Uh, yeah. If you like that sort of uh, format, the the Martian was very good. They had a lot of um, audio recordings there. Um, and also World War Z was a fantastic like um, version of that. The, the entire book, World War Z, is just is just interviews. And if you listen to the audio book, um, they're all voiced by different uh, actors and actresses, which is pretty cool. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Dion, you've been playing a bunch of games. I want to hear your thoughts on Baldur's Gate, one of the, one of the big releases mm, this, this, this year. Yeah. yeah. No, it's fun. I mean, I think this is like the uh, the the best version of a video game trying to capture what D&D actually is. Um, it is... My God, it's, it's so random. Like, if you got like one of those... Nice dungeon masters, you know, like (laughs) it's, 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 it's a whole different game, but like sometimes you you don't have that nice dungeon master. There's just one that just wants to like ruin your life. And I've, I've, I've experienced that multiple times. Um, I, it's kind of mixed. Like I'm reading the reviews, like some people, they think that you level through it too fast. Others can't progress at all because they're just getting stomped. Um, dialogue awesome dialogue great voice acting looks awesome uh plays well on steam deck i've read that you know later on when you get to actual Baldur's gate um it slows down for steam Deck. actually most high-end computers actually start feeling some some slog so yep that's something to to, to look to but what are you playing as are you playing as a good guy i chose guy? one of the the yep. main characters uh a tiefling named uh Karsh, Kar, karsak Carsarch or something like that. <laughs> Carsarch. Carsarch. Yeah. But, uh, yeah so, yeah. so you can play all those characters and I mean, you meet up with them all and like you can use all the characters anyways, no matter which one you choose. But I, I guess they just kind of what, like, what, what class just, are you? Mine's a barbarian. Oh, okay. She, a tiefling yeah, barbarian you said or? Yeah. Tiefling barbarian. Nice. Yep. Yeah, she's she's kind of cool because she's just like she looks like a tiefling. Basically, looks like a uh, uh, humanoid devil type character. She's got like a broken horn and uh, one that does like the ram wrap around thing. Mm. But she's like on fire too. Like her chest um, is, is she's got like all these holes in her skin and everything mm. because someone built a uh, combustible engine inside of her. So she's incapable of like touching people without them melting. She's basically <laughs> she's basically Flame Princess from Adventure Time. I, nice. I, I'm familiar with that reference. But <laughs> I'm gonna take your word for it. I just I just see but, her show up on my TikTok like all the time. Like I don't see anything else, but I see her. I'm like, she is adorable. I want to play this game now. <laughs> yeah, well, this one she's not so much adorable. <laughs> she'll uh, she'll stomp your face. But <laughs> yeah, the other one, sure. Um, but yeah, I didn't yeah, know you'd so, spent any time with D and D. 
You know, that's actually the crazy part. I, I haven't. However, <laughs> like, I don't know why I didn't. Because I used to, like, write stories and I'd have characters. Yeah. Uh, like, like all my friends were characters in, in stories that I've written. Like, me and my buddy uh, Chris, we just, we wrote. Like, we'd go spend the night at each other's houses. But, like, instead of, like, playing video games most of the time, we would be, like, joint writing books together. Mm-hmm. We had pages on pages of shit. But we never actually dabbled in D&D, which, which, or, like, magic or any of that stuff. Even though, yeah. like, and even the books, because um, this whole, like, like Baldur's Gate, all that stuff, um, Wizards of the, Wizard, Wizards of something. Wizards of the Coast. Wizards of the Coast. Yeah. Wizard, not Wizards like, of the Place. No, Wizards Wizard of, of the Sword Coast. <laughs> Wizards of Waverly but, uh, Place. Jesus yeah, it's a Disney show. I, my my character is Selena Gomez. Although Waverly, I think, is a character in in, the, in that world. But the point is, like, I have like every single uh, Trizit Doerden book, Dark Elf Saga mm, from yeah, yeah. uh, R. A. Salvatore on my shelves. You know, so, so I I'm very familiar with the world. It's just it's crazy that I I've never actually played one of the games for it before. But it, it's it's fun. Yeah, we've I'm got some. Uh, I've got a colleague that is big into it and uh we're potentially gonna try to dive into that i like the idea but i i'm afraid that once we actually sit down and try to play the the actual role playing like real life role playing i feel like i'm i'm not gonna you're too mature for that one (laughs) no it's not about maturity it's just i just can't I don't know. I'm not an actor. I don't know. I just, I feel like you get it's enough, not going to go you get, well. You get enough alcohol in you, buddy. Huh? You, you're quite, that's you're quite the, the showman. <clears throat> that's true. Oh. Okay. That's cool. Um, how many hours do you think you're into it? Um, 20 and 21. 20. Okay. Yeah. Uh, then and I've just four. now like yeah. finally been able to stomp out the Galma camp that I've been yeah. trying to for a while. It's just, you know, it's just like one of the, the more infuriating things, which yes. when you tell somebody, Oh my God, my character can't hit the broadside of a barn. Anyone that's ever played D&D, they just laugh at you because that's a very common occurrence. Oh, I got this great sword. Oh, I'm so strong. Oh, I missed. Like, it's just ridiculous. So like, it'll tell me I have 80% chance. I have the advantage. I should be able to one hit this thing. And it's like, nah, you're going to miss. And it's not even like you flip on both sides. Like if I get, sometimes it's a disadvantage. You got 20% chance you're going to hit. You always miss those. Yeah. But when you miss an 80% chance on an advantage, it's like, what the <laughs> fuck, dude? Yeah, what they, the they fuck had is going like on? That. I haven't played like D&D games like that, but I played um, XCOM, which had a lot of that. Like, you're not in yeah. cover. The other person's not in cover. They have 85% chance of hitting. You just whiff, and you're like... Come on, bullshit. Uh, save scum. And, I'm safe scumming that shit. Like if it if it was like a ten percent yeah, chance, yeah, safe scumming. Yeah, so you, you got to save scum. You got to go back and re-roll uh, some bullshit. That's like eighty five. I save every like six steps, man. Uh, it's, it's, I've been hurt. I have been hurt. <laughs> like I walk into these areas and it's like, oh, yeah. I'm fine. Boom, 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 boom. Trap. It's like, well, actually, it gives you a little uh, a notification. It said it'll say uh, survival check. And then it'll say yeah. like pass or something, but then sometimes it says failed, and you're like, oh shit! And it's yeah. kind of like the uh, when, it, when the cartoons when you're walking into a snare trap and you hear the twig break. That's yeah. what the, the survival check is. It's like ding, and it's like you see red, and it's like oh shit! And then you just jumped or you get blown up by bombs that you didn't even see coming, and it's just it, it's it can be chaos, but it, it's a fun chaos. Yeah, very cool. Uh, we have a lot more to get to, so I don't know if you guys want to move forward with. Um the other stuff on the list. 
Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, like I said, it's a yes. Yeah, we can go up. forward if that. If you're yeah. at, what? Are, yeah. What are you you're saying? Jump ahead or? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's just like, you guys want to keep going with the pod? It's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm fine going long, but I know you, you two, all you rest of yours are normies, so you want to get your, your beauty sleep. So I'm fine yeah, man, going. Man, jump to the, jump to the, the, the five. I'm ready. The, well, yeah, I got a couple of things before the five. Um, oh, okay, okay. Yes. So Hooptober coming up. If you're not sure what Hooptober is, so I we're no into idea. September. Yeah, we're in September, so I'm calling this spooky dooky season, even though <laughs> it's like 85 degrees out in most of the country. Um, but That's every year, cold. I, what are you talking about? That's cold for it's, me. <laughs> it's very warm. I'm I run hot, but um, every year I would watch at least one horror movie during September, October. Um, that was my thing. Um, and I always kind of perused like the Hooptober um, challenge. Hooptober was something invented by a guy, named, a guy on Letterboxd by the name of Cinemonster. Cinemonster um, would put out these challenges and you could do them or not do them and sort of follow, follow along with him. Um, this is the 10th year he's doing it. Um, and so basically some of the outlines of what he says, what he wants you to do is there's going to be 31 films, obviously one movie a day for October. But specifically, um, he wants you to watch uh, six movies from six different countries, um, from eight different decades, um, two post-apocalyptic movies, one with Robert Englund, so stuff like that. One LGBTQ film, five from De Palma, Wes Craven, Ken Russell. There's a bunch of others, uh, but suffice to say, I made my list. It took a while. Um, I, I have stuff like that. I try to watch stuff that I haven't watched before especially with the one a day movie challenge. I'll post stuff on there that I haven't seen before. So some stuff that's on here that you guys probably recognize. Um, the, fir- the first Purge is a movie I haven't seen. I think I've seen some of the sequels, but I've never really been a Purge, big Purge guy. I'm not Wait, a, I'm are you not, saying like the original Purge movie or the movie called The First Purge? I have not seen the original 2013 Purge starring okay. Ethan Hawke. Yes. So there is a movie just called The First Purge. It's like the yes, seventh one or something. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Haven't seen the original, so I put that on there. Uh, I put stuff like uh, Dead and Buried, um, which is a 1981 movie. And there was somebody in here that I was like, oh, that person's here. Uh, who's in this? Oh, Robert, Robert England is in there, so I used that one for him. Um, and then one's like <laughs> the worst the worst rated Dracula movie on Letterboxd that you haven't seen, and that came up as Dracula 3000 from 2004, uh, starring Casper Van Diem. So that's going to be on my huh. list. So just a lot of fun stuff like that, just to make it more interesting. So Casper Van Diem, that is a name I have not heard in a minute. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's what I'm doing in October. I got my list here. If you guys want to follow along, you can do that. But let's get to uh, Summer Movie Wager. Um, we are recording this on September 2nd. Uh, Labor Day is coming up, so this is the last weekend for a, a push, a big push for any movies that might change places with the other movie. Um, mm-hmm. So, right now, as we speak, I am one point ahead of Derek. It really I- fucking tightened up. I was just <laughs> waiting for Oppenheimer to get across <laughs> Little Mermaid. Oh, uh, this is crazy. So this is crazy yeah. for a couple of reasons. I don't know if uh, Andy and Dan have been keeping up, keeping track. But if you go through the list, if, do you have the list pulled up right now? I do. Looking, if you're looking at about uh, yeah. uh, Dandy Dan, do you have a do you have it pulled up? So because there's a couple things, you're, couple things, huh? Uh, I can. 
You can. Okay. So when, you, pu- when you pull it up, you, the thing is, some things you will notice. I have to. I think you might have to plug in my name, Damien sixty nine, in there, and Derek as well. You just go to more, and then you go into. Yeah, I can. Uh, I have along. it pulled up with both of us. I can drop it in the chat. Okay. There we go. Then, oh. so the first thing you guys will notice is that I forgot about. I forgot to include Indiana Jones and the King <laughs> and, the, and the Dial of Destiny, mm-hmm. um, and also nobody had Sound of Freedom. So those are my two big. Uh, misses there. I completely whiffed. I got zero points for both of those. Sound um, of Freedom is such a horse shit. Yeah, it is. That one they is. buy out tons of theaters and they <laughs> give the tickets away for free. That's bullshit. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Um, so Sound of Freedom is number six. Indiana Jones is number seven. So I'm not, I'm not missing out that much. Um, a lot of other people only have three points from Indiana Jones. So Me. the majority of my points, yeah, you, uh, majority of my points, the reason I am even in contention right now, <laughs> because I got seven points from Oppenheimer. Um, I believe Oppenheimer is, I'm not sure where it is in the actual not, Number, number four right now. Is it? Because I have, okay, it is number four. You're right. So I have seven points from that. Yeah. Got five points from Guardians of the Galaxy, volume three, and five points from Spider-Man Cross the Spider-Verse. Um, Derek, you have... Uh, three points from Barbie. That's, that's number one. Nobody had that. Um, Peter Serretta has Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse number two. Um, Derek, you're getting five points from that. So it's just a very tight race. Very, very yeah, tight yeah. race. Well, you know, the, the one thing, Go the ahead. movie you have that I don't, because because you left off Indiana Jones and also, <laughs> I don't know if you were going to mention the other one you left off, which has also been a big help, but, but you left off two movies that were big Back-to-back. movies it's that not- most people had included. Uh, you had contention. That's why. <laughs> yeah. It, well, you he tried to email the guy who runs the site like, hey, can I, I put did. this back on? Yeah. He's like, no. And it worked out to your benefit. But it did. You, it le- did. you left both those movies off. It left a room for you to put on Transformers, which I only had as an honorable mention. So that's it. That's yeah. you've got five points five for points. Transformers. Yeah. Which has pissed me off so fucking much. I was watching Elemental <laughs> and like watching Elemental almost catch it and then just run out of gas. And I was like, fucking hey, man. God damn it. God damn yeah. it. So. Overall, like we are like 900th place, I think. I'm I'm yeah. 900 in the global rankings. Let me see. Yeah. I'm like a global, thousand and one or something like that. I'm like just barely. Derek, the one, yeah, I'm, or I'm like 10,000. Yeah, I'm like a thousand and forty. 1,040. I'm 904 um, in the global rankings. For for context, there are 3,000 people in the global rankings. So that puts us in the top top third. I'm, yeah. I'm fine with you know top yeah. third placing in yeah. there out of three thousand people. That's pretty good, right? Yeah, that's pretty yeah. good. But yeah, the other movie yeah, I should mention is Fast <laughs> X. You didn't include that, and then it did I didn't not come that, in yeah. the top ten. <laughs> so, didn't matter. Didn't matter. It did Got matter. It, that's why it worked out for you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But and it's like you know, like we said, it's not over. There's still Labor Day weekend no. to, uh, close. I've been watching like a psychopath. Uh, Mission Impossible slowly, slowly, slowly creep up on Indiana Jones. And if it passes it this Labor Day weekend, if it has a – it's only like a couple million away. If It's it's just going to stop just short. And watch it like pass it like right after fucking – the movie wager ends. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's 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 snowball's chance in hell. I'm not out yet, but if, so if Mission Impossible can have a really good Labor Day weekend, it can cross Indy, uh, and you know that'll mean that I get an extra two points because I'll my Mission Impossible ranking will be only one away instead of two away. So that yep. would put me over you by one. But as it stands, yes. and as it probably is going to end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is why. This is why I. 
you know, told Andy and Dion like do do this thing. Yeah, like it's it's fun. it's not it's 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 what is it what is it what's the word I'm trying to look for like it's um it's unpredictable. It's also like dumb proof. Like yes. you can just put <laughs> anything in there and you'll probably be fine. Yeah. Idiot proof is the word I'm looking for. Idiot proof. Yes. So you can just do that. You'll be fine. So let's get to uh, the best things we saw this year. Been trying to wrangle us all together for a while. Finally got us all in the same room at the same time to discuss our top five everything of the year. Just like with the top ten, we're going to do things a little differently than you might be used to. It's not a top five uh, movies, not a top five TV shows. It's just a top five things we've seen this year, um, including both of those things. Sometimes people throw a wrench in the whole thing. Sometimes we'll put people will put things that aren't necessarily movies, like Inside, which was my favorite thing from 2021. I had that on there. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what everyone had on here. So let me go to my list, um, and I'll start out just just because. Um, so. For context, I have like, uh, I've seen 73 movies this year. Didn't put 73 things on a list, didn't order those things. I could have, I almost did, but I didn't. <laughs> I, went up to, I went up to 15 uh, movies this year. Uh, we'll talk about honorable mentions later. My number five movie from this year is Infinity Pool. It is uh, obviously the Brandon Cronenberg's new movie with, um, let me actually pull up the whole thing here. Uh, anybody else seen this other than me? I have not. You have not I seen this. I thought you did. Yeah, I thought we talked about the sure. some of these scenes in here. This is the one. Oh, yeah, it's got. It's got. Um, where is it starring Alexander Skarsgård, Mia Goth, and. Cleopatra Coleman. Yeah, it's it's essentially the movie where super rich fucks get to commit crimes and they the only thing that happens to them is that they get a clone made of them that then gets killed off and sort of goes sideways from there. Yep. Uh is it was this it was this ever in contention for you, Andy? For number for five? Uh, yeah, it absolutely was. Yeah, it, okay. it was a contention for my number five. Yeah, I didn't uh I didn't end up putting it in there. All right, but Very cool. um, yeah, we'll find out what is in there. Uh, Derek, what's your number five? Uh, well, uh, let me preface this by saying yes. that um, I did not. Uh, you didn't text me or let me know that we were doing a top five. Uh, <laughs> the only reason yeah, I found right. out is because I looked at the document this morning, which I could finally open because I finally had Wi-Fi again after being on a boat in the middle of the ocean for a while. Uh, and you also did not in the document specify anything about what you just said about a general top five. So I picked. I did movies. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's fine. With that all in mind, and also since I we did just do top five up till May, I'm just going to be doing – I'm not going to do any repeats. I'm going to do a different top five um, and in no particular order though. Uh, number five I'm just going to say is uh, is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Uh, oh. I really, really enjoyed this movie. I'm a huge indie fan. Uh, I think this was the thir- third best indie movie. Uh, very fitting – end of a chapter or end of a saga to a character that I've cared about my entire life. Uh, it's not the best indie film. It's not a perfect movie, but I think it was a great solid action movie about legacy and life and death and um, all that stuff. So I, I loved it. Nice. Uh, Deanne, what is your number five? Number five is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Yo. Mutant Mayhem. I have yet to see this. Yeah. 
I yeah, I mean they spoke on it a little bit earlier, but yeah. I, th- I thought the the spin on the turtles was it was it was fun. It was welcome. Uh, I mean, how many how many different ways have we told the turtles now? Uh, yeah. uh, it's cool that you know Leonardo has a crush on April in this. Uh, it's cool that while you got the big villain or whatever, it's it, it's not like the big villain that you would necessarily like say oh like like that's the bad guy you know we gotta we gotta fight him you know it's like this this blurred line which is always a neat thing and like family like other mutants like the part of a bigger thing and and i thought that was a nice little twist they had um and then you know even going further than that like the people that uh you know like you you look different than us i don't know if we're supposed to like you but like they end up helping you in the end like it's just uh at, feel good kind of thing and a nice spin and uh you know great animation too i I, i'm really i'm really loving the way they're doing these cartoon movies now for for television it's just between spider-man's the like i i hope they keep that trend up because it's visually it's 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 a joy to watch yeah pretty cool i gotta check that out uh andy what's your number five uh yeah well i guess I do have the TMNT on my top five. It's I've actually got it all the way up at number one. It was oh, just that's my number one. There it is. <laughs> it was perfect. Yeah, <laughs> to 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 pile it on for the uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles here. It's just the reboot was perfect. You know, it's heart and soul was in the right place. Where it, I never even saw the Michael Bay film, but it just felt wrong. Like. The turtles looked too old. They didn't <laughs> seem like they didn't seem like teenagers at all. Uh, it was just too grandiose for a Ninja Turtles movie. Yep. Uh, this is dialed in. You know, it's you know, it feels rugged, grimy. They're in the sewers. You know, it's dark. It's it's dark, but not too dark. Um yeah, and the turtles all have you know their individual individual personalities as well as physical appearances, which I feel like in in past iterations the turtles are just turtles with different color bandanas, mm-hmm. and and now they're like legitimately very unique individuals. Yeah, uh, Leonardo's lean and Raphael is kind of the bigger dude, yeah. but it's like a little overweight, yeah. a, little, a little husky. <clears throat> Yep. I love how, like, too, like, Raphael has, they have, like, their personalities and everything. They're still, like, you know, Leo's trying to be the leader. Donnie's, like, the still right. a smart guy. But, like, Raph, like, he's always had that anger thing, but they don't, like, focus, like, like oh, he's, he's, it's not a bad he's just, thing yeah, he's, he's a jerk, just... but it's just like, oh, he's going to go goblin mode, kind of. <laughs> like, exactly. I'm going to do yeah. the thing. I'm going to do the thing. Like, because he's fucking 14. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's just going to be a, a burly goober. It's <clears throat> a good way to put burly it. Burly goober. <laughs> uh, Pretty cool. all right but yes yeah. yes so that's okay. my number one but my number five was evil dead rise um yeah. felt like uh, another sort of really well done uh, modernized version of the series um you know really true to form with the over-the-top gore and the really unique kill scenes yeah. um <clears throat> yep that's my I like this. i like that one as well um you know, I've kind of peeked at the beginning there with the skull being ripped apart or the, the being scalped. Um, I, I think I talked about this when I first saw it earlier in the year, but it's just, uh, I know a lot of these 
remakes are ba- uh, basing their enjoyment off of people being like, oh, I, I know that line. I know, that, I know where that line has come from. I've never been a huge Evil Dead guy, but then when she's like, what does she say? What's the big line? Like, she gets the chainsaw going, which, where did that come from? Um, <laughs> she revs it. She's like, come oh, come get some, right? That was the big, it's the big Evil Dead thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I was just watching it and be like, okay, I, even though I'm not a huge fan of it, this feels like a little, a little out of place, a little, um, trying to force some of these lines and force some of these like callbacks and references to the other thing in this a little bit too much. Um, I did sort of enjoy that it, you know, obviously they're in the elevator and she got the kid in there and it's like, holy shit, you don't, you don't really see a lot of that stuff in modern, modern movies where it's this action set piece where they obviously spent a lot of money doing it because it's obviously done practically and it looks really cool. Um, so that's a, that's a plus. It's a, that's a thing in the plus com, column <laughs> I would give it. Yep. But uh, yeah, I don't know. And then it's just a weird thing that people point out, but like a lot of these movies, um, not just horror movies, but horror movies specifically have these apartments of people that are like supposedly struggling, and it's like the biggest apartment I've ever seen in my life. It's this, it's that friends thing of like, how are these people affording this giant, this giant living space? Because the the woman, the the mother has like a giant living room, and she's a giant room to herself, and her kids have giant rooms to them to themselves. And it's like, where is this in America? These things in this, in this economy, <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah. So that was a little, a little um, jarring, I would say. But yeah, overall, I really liked it. Um, let's see. My number four is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Um, I know you're probably hearing this and be like, four? Come on. It's the best movie of the year. But uh, I have some other I'm things. that are that. You're not seeing that? Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, has, everybody, has everybody here seen this? I believe we've all seen this, right? I actually yes. haven't, but it's oh. it's been a high well, it's been okay. a high priority. Okay. It's just okay. hasn't happened. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm very <laughs> excited to see the second one of this, or the, the second part of this. Um, this is one of those that's that is obviously delayed because of the strike and all that. But also, I think if you just look at what they were saying about the production of the second movie, it's pretty obvious that they had nothing even started yet. With I believe Haley Steinfeld said like I don't. Now, I'm not sure what the, ne- the next one's going to be about because I haven't really re- recorded my lines yet. So that's that's not a good sign in terms of the next one getting here anytime soon. But um, yeah, just like I said, when I talked about it earlier in the year, it was that thing I've been missing from all of these multiverse movies of like, it looks completely different. You take a major, um, major me- metropolitan area like New York and you combine it with another major met- metropolitan area like Dubai and just smush, smush, smush those things together. I think that's something I, I desperately want to see more of in the future. If you, if anybody does any sort of um, timeline jumping or dimension jumping or any of that stuff, you gotta get way more creative other than pizza in different forms <laughs> from, from the Dexter Strange movie. I just, um, you, you gotta really stretch the bounds when it comes to um, mixing and matching and taking all of these different um, aesthetics from different cultures. And you, you, there's so many, like you can go, you can take like a Aztecian thing, combine it with a future thing. You know, who's to say that in di- different dimensions, civilizations didn't progress at different times. So you might have like a dimension where nobody invented electricity or you do a dimension where nobody is using the wheel or just, it's just, you could be so much more inventive. And I think this really did push the boundaries of, of that stuff when you, when you're talking about different dimensions and how they look and feel. So very much looking forward to more of that. Nice. Anybody else have that on the top five? Nope. 
Uh, I no. Nope. I, I it's a very good. It's an incredible two thirds of a movie. Um, but yeah, <laughs> there's no ending yeah, yeah, to the movie, so I can't. I can't. It's true. in good conscience. Put it on my list. Okay, uh, Derek, tell me. Uh, what, yeah, sorry. It, go ahead. it is on my list actually. Okay, where'd you where'd you put it's, it? It's, it's my it's it's my number one. Okay. Getting rid of the number ones. Okay. Yeah. Why is it your number yeah. one? Yeah, it's my number one because uh, like I touched on with TMNT, like it's just the artwork for that kind of thing that they're just doing it different and it's awesome and I'm here for it. And Spot was like my favorite like villain in the original Spider-Mans, and I know yeah. that sounds weird, but like to see him like in this like uh, like. Omega, like, because the thing was, like, he, he's joking it, you know, like, they, they don't take him seriously, and that's part of the thing, but, like, he finds a way to be taken seriously, and the artwork for Spot, like, when you look at him, he's just like, oh, he's this white dude with, like, black spots on him, like, oh, but in this format, they can make him look so menacing, like, and 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 it's just... It's like shit that you pull off uh, like Damien. You were doing the um, that the AI generated um, pictures. You know how freaky those things can get. That's what I was feeling like with Spot. Yes. Hello? Agreed. Oh shit! <laughs> you got a quiet. I lost you. But yeah, yeah. So so uh, so that, and then on top of the fact that you know, like all these 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 the scenes in it, like they 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 portrayed the moods. You know, like like shit that the the, the characters are going through, like. Um, Gwen when like she she's uh, invisible and her cop dad is there and it's just like they got the 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 water streaking down the 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 the, the screen like watercolor kind of backgrounds now and then it can it just jumps between like it matches the mood and I think that's an awesome touch and the characters and it's funny it's Spider-Man it's, it's it's witty like seeing all the Spider-Mans together doing the thing with the memes and 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 all yeah. chasing each other pointing at each other like the inside jokes are there and even Miguel like like he's the bad guy but again like he's the bad guy for like a good reason like yeah. and he's not true, trying true. to be like this terrible dude he's just trying to do something that's right and trying to control it because he's lost greatly too that's the yeah. thing with spider-man it's tragic you lose something and it it, it, it's, it should destroy a normal person and yet somehow spider-man keeps doing they're they're trucking on doing them doing doing spider-man things <laughs> and, and and making everybody else better yeah it's like it's just it, it's just fun and you know i i i enjoy it, I enjoy very, it. Good. Thank you very good well said thank yes. you very much Let's take a bow been great uh, if, and, 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 and Derek is right by the way you know like if I had to say one flaw to the movie yeah it didn't have an ending like yep. and, and that's the thing like you, you felt like it could be building to an ending and then you know it, it but the, the nice thing was that they had that little twist there at the end too where it was just like holy shit like mm. like it could get you get your ass in the theater for the next for the next one and, and sometimes you, you don't get that when you get like these like oh well okay part one's done I know there's yeah. gonna be a part two but like this one was just like it gets you excited for the next one where the hell yeah, is this yes. gonna go like yeah. and you don't not know. an ending like, yeah. but it's enough you're, and you're absolutely right about all that like I like it's a perfect it was such like I said a perfect two thirds of a movie just for me personally I was like uh, you know I was like I, I feel like I can't fully judge it until I see the end of it um, but you know and one thing I will say you know to you know, to, I guess, play devil's advocate against myself now is that uh, I was on a <laughs> podcast uh, and somebody brought up that, that it is bookended by Gwen. So you do at least get, you know, her beginning and her end. So it does kind of, I don't agree that it's her movie, but it kind of, the movie kind of like 
tries to play it off that way. Like, okay, at least there's a conclusion to her arc with her her dad and everything. Um, and so yeah. I feel like that's why it felt a little less less cliffhangery than like something like a Fast X or a Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One or something like that. So I will give it definitely credit for that. Nice. Yep. All right. Uh, let's see where are we at. Uh, Dion, you that was your number one. Um, so what is? I think we have to go to Dion for his number four, right? Number four was the Bear season two. Ooh. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's good stuff. I mean, we talked about it. Uh, yeah, ad nauseum, I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah. just like the most stressful thing on television. Yet yeah, your eyes are glued to it. Um, usually when Damien recommends restaurant type things, you know you're in <laughs> torture. Yeah. Yes. But like this, this was actually uh, an enjoyable watch. Like I was stressed out, but like you can't take your eyes away from it. It's got my guy John Bernthal in it. You know, oh. Jeremy Allen. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just all the characters too. They're just like they're 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 great characters. They all play off each other really well. You could tell there's like love deep down. It's just like I'm not yelling at you. This is just the volume of my voice, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And it's just like some of the the episodes was just like uh, the Christmas special uh, yeah. and, and number two. And then you got Honeydew, which was my personal favorite. Uh, just like it, it, they broke it down um, where it's just like each episode felt like, you know, uh, a different character's journey, which was neat. And then at the end, it all came together. And, you know, let's let's see how it all operates. All of us got the 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 the, the experience we need. Let's let's bring it together. And, you know, that does it work. Did it work? Did it not work? I don't know. Well, That's for so you to far. find out. Seems fine. <laughs> uh, Andy, what is your number four? Oh, my number four was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Nice. All right. That was my yeah. number three. That was your number three? Okay. Yep. All right. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to figure out here. So next up, we got uh, did all number fours, right? Nope. So back to me. No, we did not. No. You forgot me as did always. Do... <laughs> really? I thought I went to you in second. Nope. Okay. I've only talked about one movie. You. I've talked about one movie so far. <laughs> he number chimed four. in with the Spider-Man, so that's that. Oh, that's right. That's right. Teams. I thought that was... Okay, what's your number four, Derek? My number four is Extraction 2. More Extraction. Uh, no, but I... I Extract I, harder. Exactly. Actually, you know, this is a movie that I, I talked about, you know, before, but it I think it's a massive improvement from the first one. Damon, you talked about earlier the kind of digital trickery, yeah. doing that long one shot with all the drones in um, Dungeons & Dragons. This has a insane 23-minute long sequence where they're doing all... It's like a one-shot, and there is some trickery, but holy shit, it looks amazing. Um, it's in the same mold as the John Wick movies where it's just, let's get these these guys who have been stuntmen and action coordinators for years and just let them do whatever the fuck they want. And it's not Shakespeare, but God damn it, it's a great, entertaining movie that I, I think it's one of the best action films I've seen in the past decade. All right, yeah, I still got to check it out. I don't think anybody, anybody else has seen it here, right? No, no. I haven't. Yeah. I like though. I like that line, though. It's not Shakespeare, but God damn it, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to me, up to our number three already. Uh, my number three is Barbie. Saw this with the it's the Barbie Heimer. It's the biggest movie, one of the biggest movies of the year. I think it, it's made you know 1.3 billion already, which is fucking wild. insane. It is wild, man. Nobody literally nobody saw this coming at yeah. all. Like, yeah, um, you know, it's just um, 
I definitely lived up to, lived up to expectations. Yeah, I think it surpassed them. You know, I think we saw all of these um, viral marketing stuff of like Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie on rollerblades, you know, going down Venice Beach or whatever. And it's like, what is this going to be? Is this going to be, you know, just like. I uh, say, lived up to up? expectations, but like it what possibly them. could have been your expectation? <laughs> that, uh, yeah. So I guess in a way that it wasn't that impressive since my expectations were pretty low, but. Even still, just just the writing about you know what is Barbie in twenty twenty three, what is she what is she you know for who is she for um, you know it's very much about finding a um, finding a place in the world if for for her and for the characters themselves you know I think it's very um, very much about like I, we've seen movies about this before where it's like trying to find your family found family found friendship found. Um, um, finding your tribe of people and it's uh, sort of about that and also <laughs> pushing back against um just you know uh misogyny and this uh ryan gosling discovers misogyny discovers the patriarchy and he brings it back to barbie land and so i think it does a very good job of like um displaying the ridiculousness of you know misogyny and the patriarchy in the same way that a lot of media a lot of um, movies and tv shows will sort of try to take down or poke fun at like um uh, tyrannical governments and authoritarian governments you know making making fun of their sort of ideology is one is a very good way of sort of putting cracks in that sort of stuff so i think that i'm not sure if she was going for that but that's sort of what i took away from it of just, of just showing how absurd it is <laughs> the world we're living in of just uh you know what the the thing that um brands will push on people and be like this is what it means to be a man this is what masculinity is so it does a very good job of sort of breaking all that stuff down so yeah i think uh i don't know derek have you seen this yet yeah this is yeah. the one that we talked about see. it on the show because when we first saw, I think I saw Oppenheimer, and then I saw both Barbie and Oppenheimer. Yeah, I hadn't and seen it And on that show, first, you yeah. hadn't seen it at first. Then, then did we do a show after that? Did we, we did. We did. We week? did a show where we talked about it. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And uh, <laughs> is yeah, this I, in your top five? I, it's not in my top five. It's, uh, okay. it's, but it is a movie that I quite enjoyed. Uh, I think it was, you know, yes. very good. Um, all the stuff you mentioned about the patriarchy and stuff like that. Um, I think it falls a short. A little bit because at the end it's it's not like women talking where women talking is a movie that's like about the patriarchy and all that and how it hurts both men and women and men, women both perpetuate it and all this stuff um, and women talking feels like a movie that's like okay we have to like radically blow this up in this movie it's like well one woman's life got better but nothing has changed and you know I get it it's a Barbie yeah. movie but it, it felt a little like it was bringing up a lot of these things and then not really addressing like any solutions to them um but yeah. that being said yeah. still still a great fun awesome movie yeah um so what is your number three going back to me already okay uh yeah sure my number three is uh <laughs> past lives uh this movie i Very talked nice. about on the show before it's 100 percent my jam in my wheelhouse of these two people who have this kind of almost sort of great love story that never kind of works out and you're like watching and you're like are they going to end up together do i want them to end up together uh but then there's also her husband and he's a fully realized interesting character and he understands his part and all that it's just it's, it's so beautiful and emotional and it touches on that the that love story but it also touches on 
how different cultures affect you and how moving from one culture to another changes a person and literally changes their identity. She literally changes her name. It's basically a new person and how she's, di you know, different than at these three different stages in her life. Um, just a heartbreakingly beautiful film. Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, I think you mentioned briefly, you know, very realistic characters. I think they talk about this a lot. Even in the movie, they, they make reference to, you know, if this was a movie, mm -hmm. I'd be that that weird American trying to steal you away from your yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> from, from your your guy. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and it, yeah, like you said, it's just the guy is so fully formed. He's not mm -hmm. not super awkward. He's not super. Um, He's not um, this like stammering weird guy that just wants to be with her, and he's he's well, but he's also not aggressively. He's not an aggressive guy, you know. Yeah. I think he is super super realistic in that he recognizes that either he missed his mark or they they both missed the mark. Um, they had a chance to be together, but that 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 period went away for no and for nobody's fault really yeah you know it's, it's a very realistic in that sense where nobody did anything to push either one away um they recognized that neither one of them pursued something because there wasn't really anything there to pursue um i think uh you know they did a really good job of saying like this isn't this is the opposite i talked about this when we talked about it first but this, this is the opposite of eternal sunshine where they sort of forced this relationship over and over again, and this is sort of the um, other side of that, of them recognizing that, yeah, maybe at some point this could have been a thing that that could have worked, but that time when it is gone now, we're past that. And so it's, uh, yeah, very good on all, on all of those fronts. Um, Andy, you saw this, right? I did, yeah. Um, yeah. I appreciate it as a film, very artistic and, uh, uh, you know, technically good, <clears throat> but I did not really. <laughs> it's very, it's not in my wheelhouse <laughs> at all. Yeah. It was just drama on drama. Like any thing to make me laugh at any given point would have been, you know, a huge plus. It was just, it was a long slog <laughs> for me. <laughs> I appreciate it. I mean, it was it was well it was well done, but uh, not my jam. Okay, great. <laughs> Let's go to you if you're number three. Unless you said it was number three, Guardians. My number three was Guardians. Your number three was Guardians. Okay, uh, Andy, have you said your number three yet? I have not. Uh, well, we talked about it earlier, but my number three was Beef. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, you yeah, did quite a bit yeah, yeah. then. I did. Yeah, really yeah. enjoyed it. Nice. Uh, so we get to Deanna's number three, my number three, and Derek's number three. So let's go to number twos, my number two movie of the year. Well, I'm just, yeah, I'm just doing movies. Uh, I'll talk about TV shows after we're done. Uh, number two is Oppenheimer, obviously the, the other half of the Barbieheimer experience. Um, like I said, some of the best performances I've seen all year, some of the best performances I've seen ever of a lot of the people that, that were um, in this movie. Um, Cillian Murphy, Killian Murphy, probably one of his best performances, if not his best performance. Robert Downey Jr.'s best performance um, was in this movie. Uh, Florence Pugh's probably best performance was in this movie. Really, really, really great uh, performances out of everybody uh, in this movie. Um, yeah, it's really, really well done. I, uh, probably, I think we talked about this being... Christopher Nolan's uh, best movie in my eyes. Um, 
you know, I think he's been accused of not being an emotional director. He's not capable of portraying emotion on, on film. He's very much been accused of being like this, just a very cold, um, distant director and a sort of distant screenwriter when it comes to human emotions. So I think this is his, this is his exercise in saying, actually, no, I can do human emotion. So sure. yeah. Very, very good movie in the in those terms. Um, has anybody? I know Derek's seen this. Um, Andy, Dion, have you seen this? Which one is that? Oppenheimer. No, no, haven't haven't gotten to that one yet. Okay. <laughs> just, just, just FYI, if there is um, Oscars next year, this will probably be up there in terms of best movie, best actor, best screenplay. Um, probably cinematography too, right? Hoyt van Totema shot the shit out of this, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So if there is a yeah. if there is an Oscars, definitely, definitely movie of the year, definitely one of those. Yeah. Right? Supporting yeah. actor probably is going to go to Matt Damon, or no, not not Matt Damon. I mean, he'll be nominated, but um, maybe uh, RDJ. They were like, hmm? RDJ. Yeah, RDJ. Yeah, but I'm thinking of somebody else from a different movie. That's like, oh yeah, of course, yes, that, he's going to get in there. He's probably going to get it. Hardnet? No, no, he didn't have a big enough part in this. Um, no, it's from a different movie I'm thinking of, but I'll, I'll think of it later. All right, that's my number two. Um, go to Derek, number two. Well, yeah, you know, uh, I was going to say this for number one, but, um, you know, because I okay. said this is kind of a loose list. Um, this is yes. not going to be my probable actual right near the end. But, you know, let's say that this is number two. It'll fit in nicely there. I'm going to stick with you and keep the conversation going on Oppenheimer. Because I also really, really enjoyed this. I'm a very big Christopher Nolan fan. Um, I think he is, you know, more known as a genre guy, but he is also kind of a history nerd, too. You know, obviously, we saw Dunkirk. Uh, And this, yeah, like everything you said, it was all great about the movie. And this movie, uh, I think people are fundamentally, some, not a lot of people, but a couple people are fundamentally misreading and being like, it's he's a bad guy why is it saying the making the atomic bomb was a bad thing and like that is the point this is the guy who is deeply conflicted about him doing something that might have been the worst thing to happen in human history and it might lead us down a road where we literally destroy ourselves and the entire world and him like the quote-unquote you know no pun intended fallout of that uh was really good this movie is just stacked with incredible character actors, um, mostly men. There's not a lot of women in this. Uh, no, not exactly Nolan's. Uh, not one of his strengths is seen as writing women um, and or writing people that have very good dialogue. I think his best writing comes across as cold exposition, and this movie has a lot of that, and it actually works really well in the movie because it's a bunch of science nerds talking about building bombs and shit like that. So that. Ex cold exposition is is super engaging and interesting, so uh, I absolutely love this film. Yes, me as well. I'm glad that a guy is in rooms talking. Yes, <laughs> that's my yes. jam as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. So my number two, uh, Dan. What is your number two? When you said science nerds, I immediately thought of Mac and Always Sunny, and it's just <laughs> huh, take that science bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my number two. Yes. Uh, where am I two? Yeah. So Succession. I really, succession, I mean, yes. I, yeah. yeah I, we if you it. if you want to hear what I think about Succession, go listen to the other yep. eight podcasts I uh, did this year. Yes, yeah, we did a <laughs> not like a watch along, but pretty much every week we sat down yeah, and talked episodic. about that week's episode. We did an episodic play by play of that of that show. Um, 
yeah, I would agree. You know, if we're making like a, a mixed list, a hybrid list, um, this would probably be very much up there. I think it's one of the few shows that actually, you know, nailed the landing. Not only nailed the landing, but I don't think there's like a like a weak point, really significantly weak point in the entire series. There's nothing in there like, oh yeah, you know, season two, there's that whole storyline that didn't go anywhere. Nope. There's no fact on that show. There was nothing, there was no point at which they were like, don't give a shit about that guy's backstory. Don't give a shit about this storyline. That that was a lean, mean <laughs> show that was, you know, I don't think he wrote the entire thing out um, before they made it. I know there was a lot of like rewriting by the end. I know that like from minute to minute, there's a lot of um, adaptive dialogue in there where they were just taking things that, um, who played uh, Roman, uh, that actor would Kieran just, Culkin. Kieran Culkin would just say stuff and they keep it in. So minute by minute, you know, line by line, there was a lot of um, adaptive stuff in there, but I think they did a really good job of just fucking telling a story from beginning to end and one of the best, just consistently incredible shows throughout all of the seasons, especially yeah. by the end. I mean, yeah. I think the only knock people could really have is like maybe characters don't, they regress too much. Like all the progress yeah. they make is like uh. wiped out by the end of a season and it just feels like easy story writing. But, you know, by the end of it, it's just like, it's, it's not, it's not like you're you're making these characters look weak because you need it for to 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 extend a season or something like that. It's just that's their yeah. nature. That's who they are. Like everything had a purpose in, in the show. And like yeah. I said, it was neat. It was lean. You know, it's just like there was there was no wasted energy. No, anyway. not at all. Uh, let's see. Going to Andy. What is your number two thing of the year so far? Uh, my number two was Ted Lasso final season. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i had to leave it off too like i feel you i feel the sure you know like yeah i love ted lasso but man that the last one like i was you know, I'm, I'm not i'm not here to take away from it it's it's yeah, your it's your no thing wrong you know, answers sorry, elevate no you wrong answers. Yeah, no wrong yeah. answers you do you <laughs> hey, sounds good they, I mean, this is really a yeah. list of things I've seen yeah. this year. Yeah. Uh, it turns out that it's like just you... five. <laughs> this is my top five. You know what? I liked it. Comma, I liked Ted Lasso things I've season, seen this season three. Year. I'm sticking up for you. This guy. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Like it. This is America. You can like things. <clears throat> this is America. Okay. This is, in my, <laughs> this is America. I thought this was a free country and we could like Ted Lasso. <laughs> I thought you could drink more than 15 drinks on a day, <laughs> during the day. Well, I wasn't in America then, so. Yeah, true. I was on a boat. I was All in right, international so, waters, so they couldn't persecute. I know that Andy had, uh, you said your number one was Spider-Verse? TMNT. Uh, that was mine. TMNT. That's okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Diaz's number. Diaz, did you say number one was Guardians or no? Is that something else? No, his number oh, one no, was Spider Verse. His number one was TMNT. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so we have to do my number one and Derek's number one. Yes. And all of our number ones are Twisted Metal and Sweet Tooth. <laughs> <laughs> Derek, Twisted Metal and Sweet Tooth because they're the same thing, dude. <laughs> Derek, Derek, what is your favorite thing from 2023 so far? My number one thing from 2023 so far is that I have a sweet tooth. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> my number one thing is uh, one that I just saw, not this week, but um, since we've last in the podcast, uh, that's Talk To Me, the uh, kind of low-budget 
uh, horror uh, movie that is really, like a lot of horror films, it deals with trauma. It's what I think a lot of people would call elevated horror. Uh, It's made by the Philippou brothers, and it's, you know, who had uh, kind of made the name for themselves on YouTube, making a bunch of really spooky uh, lo-fi things, and giving them a couple million dollars was just so cool. Uh, this is a movie that I was not interested on when I heard about its premise. It sounded dumb as hell, but it manages to really just be unsettling in a way that I really enjoyed. Rather than jump scares, it's just constant anxiety. Uh, I love it when there's a character in a horror movie who is relatable, but also sucks. Like, you're like, wow, I understand this person because uh, I also maybe have some not great tendencies in this way, but fuck them. Maybe they deserve to die, you know? Like, <laughs> I, I absolutely loved it. Um, really creative stuff done with the actual way they interact with the uh, the ghosts and all the other side things. And, you're ne- and, you know, you're never really scared of the ghosts. You're scared of what the ghosts will make you do to yourself or do to someone else. So, um Brilliant, brilliant, uh, cool little horror flick. Nice, yeah, I got to check that out. Um, it's set saying, it's saying it's set to release on October third on Blu-ray, so I'll probably be there and on VOD. So I'll check it out then. Very nice. So that's your number one. Uh, my number one movie of the year is Past Lives. Um, mm, to, no, nice. to no one's surprise, <laughs> it's on my it's my avatar uh, on huh. Letterbox. It's all of the stuff. Yeah, it's just one of the best acted things I've seen this year. One of the best written things um, I've seen this year. Really incredible um, first outing for the writing director. Of that movie um yeah like i said there, there, there's just so much stuff that i come across that is just seems um it just falls into a tropey trope thing i i watched um what was the last thing i watched i was like oh this is just <laughs> this is just that that genre and they're doing all the genre tropes and i just have no oh joyride okay i watched joyride didn't didn't enjoy that much at all um because i think they just went down the checklist of like this a yeah, you know, push out comedy from twenty twenty three has yeah. to have these things. It's it's yeah. it felt like a twenty twenty three movie that got made in two thousand. Like it had it felt very twenty twenty three vibes, but like it felt like a script from two thousand seven that got updated. You know. Yeah, I don't mean to you know throw shade or uh, I don't mean to throw shade on that random movie <laughs> for uh, no reason, but I was just using it as a comparison point to be like, you know, this is this is a special. This is a special mm-hmm. movie because it doesn't. It it um, goes against all of those genre conventions of like the guy is pursuing the woman, the guy is obsessed with the woman, the mm-hmm. guy um, will not let it go, the guy can't see his flaws. I think they're such you said well rounded, but they're also you know very human, very mm-hmm. people that are self aware, and I think self awareness is something that a lot of people have, but you don't really see it on screen very much. So it was nice to see that there, um, and yeah, just like the the last moments of that movie are just incredible i think a lot of that movie i think maybe one of the reasons andy bounced off it was just that the camera sat there for you know a long time and let the characters do what they're doing there was a part i think near the middle where there's they both just met up in new york and they're sort of walking around one of the harbors and the camera's following them from very far away and you're just watching them walk up to the camera they go behind trees at one point and then the last scene is again is just um on breaking, not a lot of cuts in there, just watching her sort of, you know, hold, hold it together and slowly, you know, break down as she's walking down that street. And I think just, you know, there's a lot of that stuff 
all that stuff I'm attracted to of just like letting the camera sit there, letting the actor do their thing. Um, very much appreciate that when you see it, because I think it's one of those things that you really don't notice when you first see it. But then you go back and watch something else that do, that's doing a lot of cutting and doing a lot of editing and not really letting the sort of actor actor act. Um, and I very much appreciate that kind of stuff in there. So, yep. Pest Lives, number one for me. Nice. Nice, nice, yeah, nice. Yeah. So that was our top five of everything we've seen this year. Um, I can either go down the list of uh, uh, honorable mentions or we can sort of wrap it up up to you guys. Let's save those for the end of the year. How about, like, we'll... we'll okay. Yeah, I think maybe. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, no. Sure. Yep, yeah, no. It. Save it, save it. Okay, I'll save it. <laughs> sounds sounds good, yes. Uh, so there's that. Um, so let's do some letterbox assignments for you guys. I'll do them for myself, and I'll pick some stuff for you all as well. We do a thing here where we're going through our watch list on Letterboxd, and we go through and put um, everything we've seen, or not everything, but everything in the list will go to um, our, our services so that when something pops up, it's not on something that's, like, not available. So... Um, where is that thing where you go to available to buy rent? They they updated this, so now it's not just on your stores. Oh, it's like what? I don't like that. Yeah, did you notice this? I, I just right I'm just pulled up right now and I'm seeing it. I'm like, what? Yeah, okay. Films not on any service. Filters include films I own. Include exclude matching films. Why would I want to exclude matching films? So you don't and you put the same buy. list on movie on here twice, or I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, I'm going to go with Sound of Music. <laughs> the first one that picked, come up with, popped out was All About Lily Chow, but I'm going to go with the Sound of Music because I've never seen it, and uh, it's definitely one of those so i got to see. So I'll go with that. Sound of Music, 1965. Um, do you guys want a, an assignment as well? I'll reshuffle. Give you guys an assignment as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, I'm going to hit shuffle. Uh, oh boy. Uh, let's go with Ouija Origin of Evil. I believe this just got added to Netflix. So it'll be very easy, guys. Easy for you guys to check out. This is directed by Mike Flanagan. He does all of the Haunting of Hill House, Haunting of Bly Manor, um, Dr. Sleep, some stuff you guys have enjoyed in the past, Midnight Mass. So right. hopefully you guys let's get, watch we'll together, Andy. get a kick out of that. Right. Oh, what, what was the, the subtitle? Ouija, what now? Ouija. Origin of Evil. Origin of Evil. Origin right. of Evil. Noted. Noted. Okay. All Derek, right. give it a spin. Let me know what you get. All right. And I got any favorited service is what I did to get it to come up. Yep. And shuffle. Fuck, man. Okay. This is one you liked a lot. <laughs> I think actually, yes. I think one of you guys, two of you guys, maybe it was near list, Andy. Uh, Apollo 10 and a half. Yeah, yes. I like that movie. All right, all right. Oh, Dion liked it. That was a Dion list. Movie. Yeah, okay, okay, that was a Dion pick. So, you know, movie, yeah. I put it on the list because of your recommendation, Dion. So you know what? All right, here we go. You know, I'm not a big Linklater <laughs> guy, but maybe you know what? Yeah, I hope not. to be proven wrong. I hope to be proven wrong. Yeah. Oh man. It's, exactly. it's feel good, buddy. I think yeah. I think you'll be all right. All right. Unless you don't like feeling good, then. <laughs> All right, so that about does it. Let me do some plugs here. Uh, Medium blog, I just did a blog about uh, Elevated Horror. Derek mentioned Talk To Me being Elevated Horror. And I just did a little blog talking about how I think that it's uh, undeserved, derogative, um, sort of, uh, uh, what do you call that? Brand, it's been brand, I think it's uh, undeserved branding that like you hear that phrase of like, oh, it's Elevated Horror. Eh, 
don't like that. <laughs> just call it just call it something else. But I wrote a little thing about that on damien-sherman.medium.com. Go to my letterbox. I'm 11 away from 100 followers. So go to VB underscore four Benedetta on the letterbox. Go to my uh, film essayist on YouTube, Spotify uh, for podcasters to make a podcast very easily and go back and check out all my interviews. And also, Dion, Dion and I did uh, most episodes of Succession and also talked about at length the, uh, the newest season of The Bear. So check out all that behind the show here. Derek, what do you got to plug? Yeah, so my pl- other podcast, Underrated. Uh, or just look up Underrated Movie Podcast on any of the apps. It always comes out on the same day as this show. And um, some changes coming out of the show. Uh, re, uh, there's been some shuffle, chair shuffling when it comes to the hosts. I'm still the host, uh, but I've been having a few guest hosts, starting with uh, the esteemed host of this show, one Mr. Damien uh, P. Sherman. Uh, is that yes. I don't know if that's your middle initial <laughs> or not. I think it is. I feel like Jay. Jay okay. Uh, and um, so we talked about Big Fish, uh, as you alluded to earlier. Uh, I had a lot of fun yeah. talking about that. So if you want to hear us, if you know you have not heard enough of us after these last two and a half hours or whatever, and you want to hear us talk about uh, father issues and things like that, and Tim Burton's yes. last good movie, go listen to <laughs> Big Fish uh, Underrated Movie Podcast. Uh, check it out on any of the apps. Uh, we have a Patreon, underrated uh, patreon.com slash underrated movie podcast. Email us at underrated movie podcast at gmail.com. That's all the new branding now. There's a new uh, follow us on Instagram. Just look up underrated movie podcast anywhere. We're doing a whole rebrand. It's it's fun. It's great. Very cool. All right. So for can I say something? I have been your summer movie wager champion for 2023, Damien. He's calling it. And I am the <laughs> soon to be dethroned defending champion of 2022, Derek. Uh, I'm Deej. I'm Andy. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.